Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time featuring Joe C. Why in the world am I sitting back and being quiet about this? Matt Hayes. That's not how it works. Mia O'Brien. Should I laugh? Should, should I not laugh? And Leon Searcy. This is the big boy league. How you like me now? The big boy a day away from getting that Jaguar tattoo. Yes. Yes, we will be on the lot right there at Mr. Tattoo Jack's. Actually, inside this tattoo studio, Travis Costello welcoming us, welcoming us into his studio. Speak, speak, welcoming us into his studio. That will take place tomorrow. We even have many more things planned for the rest of the week, but we welcome you into a Wednesday. Uh, as we get it cranked up, thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton. Uh, and you got uh, some overcast skies, a little wind out there. But go on out, 287 play, call up the Golf Club of Southampton. Head on out and enjoy a little golf because the temperature is going to re- reach around 80 degrees today before it starts to cool off again. So head on out. Check out the Golf Club of Southampton. Uh, now, we come into this Wednesday, and we got all these things popping coming out of the loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. Who you keep, who you're going to have to say goodbye to, all that stuff. And so we're going to definitely keep that talk going uh, with your Jacksonville Jaguars and then take a look at some of the storylines with the AFC and NFC Championship games, coaching carousel, all that stuff is out there. But let's just go ahead and lay out what we are going to do at the end of the week. And and we might even get some nooners uh, offering up some suggestions as we get ready for this. But uh, I think it's taboo to call something first annual, so we won't do that. We'll just – I mean, this is the beginning of something special, uh, we think, here in Duval. Uh, and you you named them, so I'm letting you name them right now. The Deweys. The Deweys. Are you familiar with the Dundies, my office yeah. fans out there? Yes. Well, do we have the award show for you coming to 1010XL and 92.5 FM this Friday right here on XL Primetime and on our social channels, the first ever award show. That we're taking to the TV studio. We're going to have a full-on award show slate for this. We will even have an appearance from the man, the myth, the legend himself, Andrew Wingard, among a whole plethora of other guests that Leon has lined up for well, us, I, too. I, and we will re- rename Duval for that day, Leon. It's it's D-E-W-V-A-L-L. So the, the, the Dewey's huh? Duval. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it. So we're going to rename Is it there a, Duval. Watch this. Watch this. Is there an offensive lineman of the year category? I thought there that. is now. <laughs> there is now. I knew it. I see. See and how they do the what? big man. The tatted man will get you the award. We'll, no, we're gonna do it. You know what we're gonna call it? What are we gonna call the, it? The hands award. The hands. The award. hands award. I like that. I like oh, that. Yes. Absolutely yeah. love it. So if you're thinking about it out there, we got a bunch of categories, but uh, the Nooners can always help us on the text line designed by Lifetime and Closers. If you're thinking about an award and maybe some nominees, have a little fun with it. But we will have it all ready to go uh, on Friday, and and Dewey will join us and. He will be the first to uh, give out one of the Dewey Awards, which will be pretty dang cool. Uh, and but, for those who are wondering what some of the Dewey Awards might be, yeah. can, can we give them a sampling, well, JJ? Like without 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 like you know spoiling the fun. Well, there's some basics involved, you know, so certain positions, you know, offensive categories, stuff like that. But we'll have some surprises mixed in, yeah. some well, you know past 
players and coaches and you know maybe some general managers are involved in this so yeah, we have some here's awards the, here's that the are immemorial <laughs> yeah here's the best yeah, way absolutely. to put it if you if you watch the dundies you'll know what we're talking about yeah. and we will have some standards some player of the year on one side player of, of the year course. on the other side i will side. say this too because my mom has never seen the office which i know yeah. is shocking considering me and my brother and sister and i are obsessed with it um I described it for her if you're familiar with the paper plate awards that a lot of high school athletic banquets do. We did it a ton. I feel like every sport and every team I was on in high school, we did a paper plate award. So she was very familiar with that. Mm -hmm. So that, but more upscale. Truly upscale. We're we're going to be getting dolled up for this, aren't we, Leon? Yeah, here's the thing. If I'm Dewey, I'm I'm a good sport because as much as I love Jacksonville, I've been here for like five months. I need some vacation. So y'all are keeping him... These Deweys are keeping Dewey here away from his vacation time, much-needed vacation time. Yeah. So I hope y'all appreciate what Dewey is doing. He's, he's a devoted soul. All right. He's a devoted soul to Duval, uh, and he's probably uh, wondering uh, if there's another contract coming his way, too, is probably what he's that thinking about. too. <laughs> yeah, more than anything But we're else. really helping him in the contract you know, negotiations no, because not. he can bring his Dewey into this. Yeah. Well, so that you're saying his He's br- like, I'm an award his, winner now. His brand is going to help him get a new <laughs> deal. Absolutely. You yeah. are insane. <laughs> hey. That's what we're helping with. That is exactly. Duval loves him. The more Duval loves him, the more they want to keep you think? him. Maybe. Listen, wow. Trent. Can't hurt. Yeah. I have a Ow. Dewey Award. See, let me see how many times. <laughs> I wonder if Trent's going to win a Dewey. Held into that trend. Don't yeah. be a wet blank. Yeah. I'm yeah, just being on, real, bro. <laughs> Y'all want me? You want me to sugarcoat this? No, you want we're me trying to, make to get these, Dewey a contract. You trying to make? You want me to make these frosted flakes? That's yeah, what you want. No, I don't. You want me to sugarcoat? Okay, all right. Keep it real. But yes, Joe, Trent will definitely be involved in the award. He'll be nominated. That's for sure. I'll leave that to Coach. <laughs> we'll find out whether or not uh, it ultimately goes his way or not. But start thinking about him. Uh, we will have uh, semi-serious categories and then some that are uh, not so serious. If you have categories. an idea for a Dewey, please yeah. hit the text line. Brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Yeah, I'm always down to steal from you guys. 904-641-1010. If you have an award idea, if you have a nominee who should be given an award, like we said, we're going to have fun with this, so please feel well, free to hit us up at the text line. Yeah, Nooners have ideas. Uh, they just woke up, uh, and so they, they have ideas. They'll offer them up to us as we go along today. All right, so we're looking at these games, uh, the AFC, the NFC Championship game, and you know tomorrow's going to be all about the tattoo. Friday's going to be all about the Deweys. So let's at least spend a little bit of time on what way we're going with this. Uh, after all, the champ's been crowned, okay? The picks are in, uh, and there's no change. So we can at least – we can all lay out what we think is going to happen in these NFC and AFC championship games. Do the Philadelphia Eagles, Maddie, keep it going? Uh, Nick Sirianni's done some special stuff. He he also coaches angry and fiery on that sidelines. He's like he's like the perfect version of Philly. Philly always has a chip on their shoulder, and that's kind of how he's coaching right now. But old San Fran's going to come across the country with little Brock Purdy and see if they can uh, you know, come in there and spoil the party. What, what's your gut early on I'll that tell you, I'll tell you who has a chip on his shoulder right now. And he's had a chip on his shoulder ever since he had to leave Alabama, mm-hmm. and that's Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. That dude's got a chip on his shoulder. He's he, playing now as yeah. well as anyone in the league. He doesn't play he's angry, got, but you're probably right with yeah, the chip. He's he uh, very good odds to win the MVP. And Philly is playing better than anyone right now. And that that's a – I mean, I realize the great story is Purdy. Mm-hmm. And it would be fantastic if they go in there and win that game and Purdy gets him to the Super Bowl, you know, Mr. Irrelevant. But that that Eagles team, that pass rush, the way Jalen Hurts is playing, the way he extends drives with just those gut punch runs on third and seven, you know, when he can't find something, he breaks contain and then whoop, there's another 12 think, or 13 uh, yards 
first down. He's a killer, and he's throwing accurately. Remember, remember when Jalen Hurts wasn't a quarterback in the NFL? He was just a runner, mm-hmm. and he couldn't throw accurately, and he wasn't a guy that was going to win with his arm. Now look at him. That dude's been playing with a chip since Nick said we're going with Tua. And once that happened, boom. Look, how, look, he's just literally ascended, 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 ascended. From going to Oklahoma up. to going to the Eagles to now his team one game away from the Super Bowl. So for what it's worth, Jalen Hurts' stat line this past weekend against the Giants, and I understand this was a matter of circumstance where they were up 28 nothing at halftime. He really didn't have to do a whole heck of a lot in the second half. 16 of 24, 154 yards, two touchdowns, an average of 6.4 yards per throw, and then nine carries for 34 yards, including a touchdown. So three total touchdowns. That's what's most impressive when it comes to Jalen Hurts for me is that perhaps he's getting lost in the shuffle of the Mahomes and Burrows of the world because he doesn't have a gaudy stat stat line but three total touchdowns in the uh, first if, half if you watch the game he went out and took control of that game immediately yeah immediately, immediately. And, and I feel like Nick Sirianni did a really good job <laughs> of duping us and I'll just throw myself in this pile of thinking that Jalen Hurts' shoulder still was hurt he did a good job of that he just said it's a concern I'll admit it he basically acted like he was peeling back the curtain a little bit and saying something he shouldn't have said well he wanted the Giants to to focus in on that and think that Jalen wasn't going to be 100 percent he gets the week of rest. He comes in there. What did he say? He goes, I've always got a bounty on my head. I know they're coming after me. And he looked as close to 100% as we've seen him in, in a while, really. Yeah, I mean, the game last week with San Francisco against the Cowboys is the first time I think I saw Purdy play like a rookie. I think he got bailed out by his defense. Mm-hmm. You know, Dak Prescott threw two interceptions. Offensive line provided a decent running game for him. And I just think that he's going into this environment – I mean, he was at home when he played the Cowboys. Going into this environment against Philly, against this defense, mm-hmm. and the him having to play, he's going to have to score with Jalen Hurts. He's going to have to go back and forth with Jalen Hurts. I don't think they're capable of doing that. I think this defense – if I'm the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm saying to them, are you going to let a rookie, Purdy, come in our house and win the game? That's yeah. motivation right there. I think they're going to – there's going to be an onslaught on Purdy going to force him into a couple of turnovers. They're going to try to run the ball. I just think Jalen Hurts is going to be a little bit too much uh, for the 49ers. But I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be close. But I think Philly's going to pull it out. Two and a half line as of right now favoring the Philadelphia Eagles, according to the good friends over at my bookie. Uh, for what it's worth as well, boys, Brock Purdy, despite only appearing in seven games this season, is one of three finalists for the, AF, for the NFC Rookie of the Year award. It's hard to argue with it. It really. Or excuse me, the offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, offensive yeah, rookie of the it, year. It's hard to argue with it. As soon as he came in, there was little drop off, and that's what probably has people shocked more than anything else. Now back to the Jalen Hurts side of this. What also has people shocked is he could win MVP, and he might even should win Comeback Player of the Year. This was January seventeenth last year. Okay, January seventeenth last year. So it's just over. It's basically a year and a week ago. A year and a week ago, they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers were beating them 31 to nothing with a quarter to go. 31 to nothing through three quarters. He ends up 16 of 32 for 140 yards, two picks, and no touchdowns. And I, among a lot of people, said Jalen Hurts is in trouble. That position is up for grabs. They made it to the playoffs, but did you see that? And then look what he's done from that a year ago to becoming an MVP. Well, look who, they've, it's crazy. look who they've added in that year. Uh, I, I'll give you two words. A.J. Oh, yeah. Brown, that's yeah. huge, number one. And then you look at the defensive side of the ball, the fact they, that they invested 
in high draft picks like Jordan Davis along the defensive front. You go out and you get Hassan Reddick. You bring him back to to, to Philly, who he was the leading tackler uh, and had a sack and a half against the Giants. You go out, you trade for uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I know he goes by CJ now, but Mm -hmm. he's still Chauncey forever Mm -hmm. to me. Like, they invested. They saw that, and they said, okay, let's let's go all in. Let's go all in. And And what's scary about it is the fact that they're going all in, and they still, because they traded that top pick to the Saints mm-hmm. for Chauncey, they're still going to have a top 10 pick again this year. Yeah, it's something else. It, it really is what they've been able to do. And so you've got Jalen Hurts, and I, I do I do agree with the sentiment that he's got the chip. Joe Burrow has the chip as much as anybody uh, as well. Brock Purdy, uh, you can describe it any way, shape, or form, but it's a lot of W's and no L's, so that's working. And then Pat Mahomes is the old man in the room. Uh, he's the old man in the room, and he's also right now – a big concern for Andy Reid and that it went from a pick to a point and a half, maybe a point line right now. But Mahomes, Andy Reid says he's planning on play and they're going to do everything they can, treating that, that high ankle sprain. We'll ask Gio about it coming up in just a little bit, but that's a big concern for them. And here, here's what, here's what crap. You want to talk about a saucy nug? Pat Mahomes has never lost a playoff game on the road. Saucy nugs. You want to know why? He's never played one. He's never played on the road. Whoa! He has never played a playoff game on the road. That's that's an all-time saucy nug. And if you want to take that and add to your Jacksonville Jaguars part of this, that's why you need to win your division. Every single year going forward, you've got the guy. Now you need to make sure you're playing at home. And stack as many wins up as you possibly can. Because if you get to win or you get to play at home, you've got a much greater chance. But Mahomes is now 9-0. and He suffered a Super Bowl loss, but he's 1-1 in that big game. But every other time, he's been at home, and he is now he's not 9-0, and but he's won nine playoff games, and he's never had to go on the road. He also has no road playoff wins. What a bum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he can't go on the road and win. Come on. And so what that's, would they have? What would they have considered that neutral site game if it had happened? Yeah, I don't know. How, I don't I, know where that they wouldn't would. have been a road win. Actually, right? Yeah, what heading they would have put that in? He's never won in an opposing team's stadium in the postseason. Yeah, they come up with something for it. But that just gives you an idea of just how good he's been. And also, this is the other thing that just kind of it, it shakes you up. And I hope Doug Peterson sticks around for the amount of time that Andy Reid has been around. But Leon, Andy Reid took that job in 2013, and they took. The left tackle, Eric Fisher, and Jacksonville took Luke Jokel, and one team went in a positive direction, and this team just you know went to hell in a handbasket. But he has had that team in the postseason the entire time he's been there. Yeah, I mean, because he recognizes talent. He, he, they're, they're great talent evaluators. I mean, not only taking Eric Fisher, taking Patrick Mahomes, all those type of guys. When you, when you, you can't miss when you have got – when you've got a team – that's fledgling like the Chiefs they were mm-hmm. before Andy Reid got there. When you're trying to build something, you you can't miss out on draft picks. And the Chiefs, they've just built on structure and structure, quarterback, left tackle, wide receiver, whoever it may be. Yep. You don't miss on those type of guys. Now you, you're building your nice little foundation moving forward. And Andy Reid, wherever he's gone, he's had success. He recognizes talent. He evaluates talent. And they win ball games. Yeah, and they went out and got uh, Paco. I call him Pacheco, and here's a guy that was little known, not highly regarded, and the guy has is. You want to talk about a baller? 
That guy has that's, come on. That's scouting. Big time. That's yeah. scouting. That's knowing players. Yeah. Yeah. What was he, a fifth-round pick? Yeah, he, at, at a Rutgers, out of Piscataway. And, and the guy just – He's actually from South Jersey, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And anyone but I'm who, just saying Piscataway because that's, right. that's where – Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no that, that yeah. I know. I, I get a kick out of, though, when people say uh, – when they say, oh, wow, like you lived in Iowa, drink. Mm. Um, that must be rural. And I go, have you seen Vineland where Isaiah Pacheco is from? Mm. Uh, that's uh, – a Ooh, baby, that, that's yeah. that's in the Pine Barrens down right. there. Yeah, they call it the Garden State for a reason, right? There's more uh, more of those places than you probably realize, that's for sure. But you're talking about going out and finding guys. A lot of them were highly regarded. Uh, when they signed Juju Smith-Schuster, they signed him to come in and be uh, just a piece of the puzzle. They didn't sign him to come in there and be number one, uh, but they have so many other weapons. Travis Kelsey's 33 years old. 33 years old, and he goes out and has the most catches he's ever had in his career uh, in double-digit touchdowns. It's just insane. Meanwhile, Joe Burrow is unbeaten against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, does Joey B go into Arrowhead wait, Joey and B, win that ball? Wait, game? Joey B, I believe, I might be mistaken here, because that's a neutral game. I believe Joey B is unbeaten on the road in the playoffs. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And he has the same amount of wins as the Bengals Worlds collide, have. Jojo. Yeah. Worlds collide. Yeah. Who do you, who yeah, you saucy have? nug. But <laughs> honestly, he has as many wins as the quarterback as the uh, the franchise does without him. It's something yeah. else. Who do you have more respect for, the road warrior or the one? The road that warrior. Of course you do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Joey B is not scared. Joe Cool. Love him. He is fearless. Broadway Joe did a piece on him. It was pretty good. So uh, ESPN did it. It was pretty good. This one courtesy of our, our good friend Todd from New York on the text line. He wants to know, though. Would Trevor be better than Burrow if he had Burrow's weapons? I think, I mean, that's the thing. And we can look at all four of these teams remaining and look at their weapons because I think that that's critical to their success. People are saying that's the reason Brock Purdy is 7-0 and is because he has oh, Christian McCaffrey. He has Kittle. He has Debo. You look at Jalen Hurts. The reason he has ascended is because he has A.J. Brown. He has Devonta Smith. We've already talked about that. And then in the AFC, if anybody, the most bare cupboard or the least amount of talent around him is Mahomes. But he has the ultimate X factor in Kelsey. And so I think as the Jacksonville Jaguars now look to build, not just to compete in the AFC South, but to compete with the upper echelon of teams, like the four that are remaining, you got to look at what they're doing. Oh, you got to yeah. say, I have to match that. Well, and the other thing is, as much as I, I've really lauded what Doug Peterson has done all year long, because I think coaching matters. You can go out and get a bunch of good guys, and yeah, the Jimmys and Joes should be you know, the biggest piece of all this, but that coach matters. But also that front office matters because if you do it right, you will just constantly bring good talent in. And that, that, that's basically what happened in Kansas City is they say goodbye to one or two guys and they welcome one or two guys in that they didn't have a drop-off at all. And you've got to have that good front office, which is what obviously has oh, to happen. Well, well, you've got to make Jacksonville a destination place. I mean, over the last couple of years, we've had the oldest overspend to bring free agency, yeah. free, free agents here now. But now if Jacksonville's winning, you're going to have key guys and maybe a free agent that want to, you know, dip their toe in the Jacksonville water. We haven't had that in a long time, very long time. So, yeah, I mean, and as far as weapons go, it's all on Calvin Ridley. If Calvin Ridley is – listen, I remember Calvin Ridley when he was at Atlanta. He was a go-getter. He was a he was a, a guy that could outrun coverage, outrun double coverage, all that kind of – if he's just a, a glimmer, he would give us a glimmer of that because a lot of these games that we're playing close or whatever, we had somebody mm – -hmm that can stress the defense in some capacity, where you got a roll coverage then it opens up the middle of the intermediate passing game, and yeah. where you're, that's where you you get the, those 5, 10, 15, 20 yarders because you got a guy that can get 30 or 40 yarders in, in one game. So if, 
it's going to be the key on if he comes back healthy and signing Evan Ingram and keeping the little tidbits in place mm-hmm. for this team because this team, unlike years in the past, this team needed so much. Needed so much. We needed this. I, I think we still need some components to help us play amongst the elites, but I, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's as much as it was as, that it has been over the last couple of years. These guys are good, but back to your question, Mia, those other guys, they A, they have at least one great one that's on that team, whichever one we're talking about as an example, a great one, and then the others are really good, complimentary players. Uh, don't, don't dismiss T. Higgins, okay? Jamar Chase is good. Higgins is real. Uh, Jamar Chase is great. T. Higgins is really good. Heck, they Boyd, have Boyd too. Yeah, I was going to say steps up and makes plays, and and yeah, they don't. They didn't necessarily get everything out of the tight end this year, like they may, maybe did a year ago. But they have had a lot of those other guys. And then we mentioned we mentioned Joe Mixon and what he's been able to do and what he did this past week. Yeah, you got to have them all. You got to have a bunch of guys that you're getting the ball to. So I find this one interesting, and Leon, I'd love your take on this, especially as we look to the AFC NFC Championship games this weekend. Um, this one's courtesy of 0917, who says, no, Trevor can continue to win with the weapons we have. Just add Cincinnati's defense. Watch what happens. I, I find that fascinating because this is a Cincinnati defense that really, I mean, outside of Chubba Hubbard's, uh, or not Chubba Hubbard, um, what's his name? What's his first name? Mm-hmm. Hubbard, the defensive lineman. Oh, yeah. Ohio State. Yeah. For the Bengals. Sam. 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 Hubbard. Sam. Sam. Hubbard. Other Hubbard, Sam Hubbard. Um, you had me to funk there for a second. No, no. I know. I was like looking at you, and I'm like, Ohio State, the defensive lineman. Aside from his 98-yard return, and aside from Eli Apple tweeting through it, there's really not a marquee name on that defensive side of the ball for the Cincinnati Bengals. There's not a Nick Bosa for them. Well, Henderson I, was there, and then he gets hurt. Correct. Yeah. Correct. But there's really not a marquee name outside of Hendrickson, who they mm-hmm. spent a lot of money on. Um, that's a defensive side of the ball that was obviously very maligned a year ago, and they really played at their ceiling, like we talked about the Jaguars playing at their ceiling these last few weeks of the playoffs. They played at their ceiling all last year. But, man, their D.C., in my opinion, is what makes all the difference in the world for them. But in reality, I don't think it's their defense that carries them. They just kind of clean up and, you know, play their part to me. Yeah, there's there's no – I mean, it's a no-nay defense, so to say. I mean, no one really stands out, but – there's no one that stands out, but collectively they they play, but they ball out. I mean, in that championship game against Kansas City last year, they shut down Mahomes. Mahomes was a, a shell of himself. The way I don't know what they did with the coverages, mixing They're match. good in the secondary. They are good in the secondary. Yeah. I don't Shout know what out they former did. Jag Mike Hilton. Yeah, I don't know what they did in the secondary. They mixed and matched the coverages. They they came out there with the four man blitz. The, the, their linebackers covered the back end of everything. So I mean, yeah, I mean, would you prefer to have Kiko? You know, key names um, that could get after it. Yeah, of course you would. But if you can collectively play as a defense and you could do what they've been doing over the last couple of weeks or even last year against Kansas City, I take that all day. It is fascinating. Lou Anarumo, who um, I always mispronounce his name, but I'm pretty sure I pronounced it correctly there, the defensive coordinator for the Bengals, hasn't gotten any head coaching looks. But as we'll discuss throughout the course of the rest of the show, some of these names that are getting interviews, Jeff Saturday getting a second interview with the Indianapolis Colts. I don't know, man. I look at what that guy's done for the Bengals. And, yes, it helps to have Joe Burrow on the other side of the ball. But 56 years old, does he go the way as a Fangio where he doesn't get a shot as a head coach? Mm -hmm. Maybe he doesn't want to be a head coach. 
It's yeah. insane. Yeah. I mean, what what the turnaround they've seen on the defensive side of the ball in the past two years. Yeah, it's true. It's true. We'll look at some of those other names that are being mentioned that are going for interviews, and we'll find out where they ultimately land. It's XL Primetime. Thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton. Uh, they they offer you a great golf experience. If you're playing a tournament, foursome, event, whatever it might be, don't forget Friday night on the patio. You can always get Chef Gary with that special menu. Music under the lights. It is a great scene along with great golf. You can get it all at the Golf Club of Southampton. All right, we mentioned our Dewey Awards. We'll start to talk about them a little bit more, but let's say hello to Jay Smooth coming up in about 15 minutes uh, as we go past, present, and future of the Jacksonville Jaguars. What are the players from the past? Think about the present and also about what's next. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. Jimmy Smith coming up in a little over 10 minutes on a Wednesday edition of XL Primetime. Hopefully you packed your umbrellas. Rain expected here in Duval County and the surrounding area coming up a little bit later this afternoon. But we'll carry you on through those Rainy skies, Mia O'Brien, Joe C., Matt Hayes, Leon Cersei, JJ LaSelva. In case you missed the top of the show, big week for the XL Primetime gang. Tomorrow, we will be at Mr. Tattoo as Leon gets his long-awaited Jaguars tattoo. Bring it. Very excited for that. And then on Friday, the first ever Dewey Awards right here at 1010XL headquarters, which, of course, we will be bringing you the video of. We are going to be uh, decking out the studio, all the stops, all the awards. If you have ideas for awards, we gladly will accept them on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Uh, I would like to shout out the good folks at Party City who provided me with uh, plenty of award show regalia that Mm -hmm. we will be donning Mm -hmm. on Friday. That's how you know it's going to be classy. Yeah. Yeah. We, By have, the way, I was we told have a red we sh- carpet. We, we have a red carpet, And folks. we will have paparazzi, I'm sure. Inaugural, Inaugural. is the word we need to start using. Yeah, there Inaugural. You go. There you Dewey go. Thank you, Sex We will also have a Dewey appearance, which yeah. is very exciting. Uh, I do want to give a shout-out uh, as well to our boy Spielberg, who um, is pulling double duty these days, Graham Cam, one Graham Marsh. Uh, mm-hmm. Still video producer extraordinaire at 1010, but he's also working on the sales side. He still found some time to make a fantastic looking hype video to thank the Jaguars and Jaguar fans for what the season was. So be sure you check that out on the 1010XL channels. If you hear Graham from 1010XLs on the line, just go ahead and take that call. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So this is a big, big, big coup. And I mean big by the Gator football team. They just landed Keonta Goodwin, who's a former five-star offensive tackle from Kentucky, 6'8". There were questions about how heavy he was last year. Some say he got close to four clicks. Four clicks. That's approaching Desmond Watson territory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Couldn't get on the field last year. Just a great talent, but a guy that was too heavy. Um, He signed with Florida out of the portal. He's a guy that Kentucky got him over Alabama. You know, a Kentucky kid. Mm -hmm. And and Alabama wanted him badly, and and Kentucky got him. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's, if they could get him in shape, if he can lose 40 pounds, 50 pounds, and I know Leon's got a great anecdote coming up. Yeah. If, they, if, they, if they could drop 40 or 50 off him, you got your left tackle for the next two or three years. And that, that's, mm-hmm. it's a big pickup if this staff can reach his kid. Yeah, but he's got to want it. The motivation's got to be in the kid. I mean, the fact that he's, he's, his LBs are keeping him off the field yeah. lets you know a lot about what this kid if I if I wanted to play ball and all they had to do was just lose weight, mm-hmm. then that's a no brainer. 
I'm, I'm going to lose that weight because I want to play ball. Yeah. So uh, your passion and your motivation to play football has to be in question if you're going to keep them pounds on and not play ball. And, and I have a great story. I, I give us that uh, anecdote. Yeah. And yeah, I, yeah. I had a story when I was at Miami, mm-hmm. all right? The great, late, great Cortez Kennedy, who passed away, who's my buddy. Mm-hmm. Jim, Jimmy Johnson told him that they're going to move him to offensive line if he didn't lose weight. He was 360-some pounds, right? 340, 345. I might be exaggerating a little bit on 60. 345. He told them. And as an offensive lineman, we used to pick at him. We picked at Cortez because we were telling him, hey, you're going to be a nice guard next to me. Because they were going to move him to guard because he was too big to play. He was too big to play. Cortez Kennedy, when he weighed in the University of Miami, he came in at 302, and he gave us hell in practice. What when, was when he? He, lost up. About, he was about 345. Russell Merlin wow. as well. Yeah. Two of the greatest, the two of the greatest defensive tackle in the University of Miami history had weight problem, and was told if they didn't lose the weight, they were going to be moved to offensive line, and they lost the weight, and they wreaked havoc. It's so funny because you can threaten some people with the bench, the other one you can threaten them with going to the offensive line. <laughs> nope. I mean, this dude is—he's legit six eight. Yeah, he's long as hell. If he just gets in shape, well, he could be an elite t- player. T- tell him also he's burning money. You know, well, they, they just don't have that, six, yeah. eight, three hundred some pound left tackles. No, in the league. If I mean, if he to lose weight and work on his technique and fundamentals, right. and, and by the way, think of the Jags. Jags have a couple guys that are right there, very close. Uh, Cam and uh, Walker Little are both big, tall guys. And so, yeah, if you can get long and angular, meaning you dropping those lbs and you you're looking more athletic. Baselli was six seven, okay, and he looked athletic. And that's what you ultimately need to do. But we always talk about, and I think that's why so many fans when Walker Little was drafted, half-jokingly called him the young Baselli, mm-hmm. is because he carries the weight well. Just I, like I've heard Tony. from a lot of people, including Tony, that it's going to be fascinating when Cam Robinson is done playing football, what he looks like. I yeah. think Jawan Taylor also carries the weight. I think he is just a bigger dude, and it's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with him. Mm-hmm. But you see with Joe Thomas what oh happened. He's, he's the, he's the class, classic example. One of the guys here locally, Rich Griffith, who's still in town, he was a tight end, one of the tight ends, long snapper way back in the day. He 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 turned into Josh Gobi. <laughs> I mean, he lost that much weight and did not look like, bro, you were a tight No, and, and because it can happen. You carry a lot of weight. I'll, I'll tell you what about Walker Little. Uh, we were talking about how Luke Fortner needs to get in the, in the weight room. Mm-hmm. I think Walker does too. I think Walker could get bigger up top. Waist down, he's a m- mountain. Mm-hmm. I think he could get a little bigger up top. What do you think? Yeah, I mean – you. They're young, so yeah. they, they, they can put on the LBs, but it's got to be mass. You know, whatever you feel like you're depleted in, where they're – okay, and as an offensive lineman, you look back at your film and you say, what did I struggle with, all right? It might be bull rush. It might be sinking your hips, all that kind of stuff. So what you do is you compensate. You you go into the weight room. You specialize into what you think you lack in during the, during the season. Mm-hmm. Fortner, they say – Fortner has a tendency, and I watch him again. He's top-heavy. He's hop heavy because he doesn't trust doesn't trust his legs right. or his strength. Right. So he's got a squat machine, sled machine. He's got to get all. He's got to get in there and get strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, Walker's uh, the exact opposite. Walker's the exact opposite. Right. He's the exact op- opposite. Well, Coach Campo, when he was looking at him, he felt like Walker, good pass pro, not good run block. Right. And mm-hmm. so that's the same thing. You know, just getting strong. Hey, listen, all, listen. Yeah, he's a, his frame is gigantic. It's gigantic. Yeah. Listen, all, he wants to get a better uh, run blocker. Hey, get, get, yeah. get, get that sled behind you. Pull that sled. Two-man sled, five-man sled, three-man, whatever. 
get the sled, the harness where you attach the harness. Right. Put your 315 on there and just work get offs. Get off and sprint. Right foot lead, left foot lead, pull and trap and all that kind of stuff. That, really? The, the coach mean, is coming out at of me the end now. Of that, you were talking you. about burning money. With all these guys, it's, yeah, you want to get better. Yeah, you want to be great for your team. You want to win. You got a second. He's looking at a second contract right now. Yeah, yeah. So if yeah. you really want to get to where you want to get to and get that contract, there you go. Yeah. All right, Jaguars from the past talking about the present and the future right now. Now, <laughs> another interview on the Farah and Farah phone line, brought to you by the Accident Attorneys at Farah and Farah. A member of the Pride, Jay Smooth, number eighty-two, joins us now. And Jimmy, I would think as we start out this conversation, you had to be pretty dang proud of this football team and what you saw here in twenty twenty-two. Man, I am extremely proud. I'm extremely proud of how this team responded after a year ago, uh, you know, going through that misery with Urban Meyer and uh, with Peterson, AFC Coach of the Year coming in and doing his thing and creating a relationship and, and treating these guys like men. And these men responded. They responded in great fashion, and they put on an outstanding performance, and I can't be more proud of Part of our team. Now, Jay Smooth, I'm, I'm the same way with you, bro. I'm, I'm extremely proud of this franchise, this organization, coaching staff, and players for the, the for the magic corporate ride that they gave us this season. But I'm also upset because we could have still won that game, bro. With Patrick <laughs> Willie, you know, I'm saying I'm happy and proud for him as well. Yeah. But I, I'm watching that game. So many missed opportunities that we had that we didn't take advantage of, especially with Patrick Mahomes going down with that ankle injury. I mean, this team, in my opinion, and I want to ask you this question, was well-equipped to beat the Chiefs and go to the AFC Championship game instead of just watching it like you and I on this Sunday. Yeah, I think the turning point in the game was when Chad Henning came in and he put together that 90, 95, 98-yard drive. Uh, I, when Chad Henning came in, I thought, okay, this is our chance. But I also thought, you know, we, we have no game plan for Chad, Chad Henning and, and what he brings to the table. So this could go either way. And unfortunately, he drove down and, and he should be the MVP of that game, you know, putting together a drive like that while Patrick Mahomes was out. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not upset. I'm, I'm proud because our guys were so resilient. And uh, they hung in there, and they started believing in, in one another. They believed in Trevor. You believe in Trevor, you, you, you can see the performance that he displays out there on the gridiron. Jimmy Smith joining us on the Fair and Fair phone line. Jay Smooth, um, evaluate big picture, the wide receiving core, where you thought it was a year ago, where they were this past Saturday and throughout the course of this season against the Chiefs. I think they've come a long way. And one thing I like about this group uh, you know, when you include Trevor, you know, these guys are growing together. Uh, and and it's, it's just like with me and Keenan and Mark. You know, we were all around the same age and we grew together. And uh, you can see that out there, you know, uh, even with Evan Ingram, you know, stepping up and making some big plays for us down the stretch. Uh, Zay Jones and, and Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, they did an outstanding job this year. And, uh, and and answering answering the call and, and making some plays for us, Jimmy. Th- this season's different than 2017, right? I mean, 2017, you're that close to the Super Bowl, but the foundation, I mean, the bones are different with this team, right? Not only with the coaching staff, but I mean the quarterback, obviously. But throughout, right down the line on the roster, it's a different team, right? Yes. 
mentally and emotionally, it's a different team. Uh, that's what I see out there, not necessarily as physical, physical side, but I, I just see, uh, you know, this team, you know, when I, I, I'm anxious to turn on the TV uh, when, when I'm not in Jacksonville and watch the Jaguars, and I, I think I can speak for a lot of people, this is a fun team to watch play. And and even if you're not a Jaguar fan, you'll find yourself, you know, I, I hear a lot of people pulling for this team because they just like the team. You know, they like seeing this group of guys together and, and believing in one another and trying to accomplish a goal and, and let's get to a championship and win it. We're talking with Jimmy Smith at Jimmy Smith Jags on Twitter, always involved uh, with the Jaguar, faithful, all of Duval. Definitely check him out there. And, and Jimmy, when we talk about, like, say, go back to your days and you guys were all coming together at the same time, what about the hunger in the offseason collectively from, from the team? H- how do you think that will go? I think it's, it's going. Uh, you, know, the, you know, with those guys believing and, and, and uh, putting on performance like they did late in the season, winning six in a row, you know, you look back on those losses. You know, we were in, with exception of the uh, the first the first time we met Kansas City, and and when we played played Detroit Lions, all those guys, all those games came down to the end. They were winnable games. Even the game when we played uh, our first game, we played the, the the Commanders. That was a winnable game. Uh, even though we had a few turnovers when we played Philadelphia, that was a winnable game. Uh, you know the Raiders winnable game, um, so so these guys must have an itch in their pants, and you can kind of see it. Uh, I, I kind of spoke to Evan Ingram on Twitter uh, on, on on direct message, and and he's itching to get back and get to work, and that's that's a good feeling to have within mm-hmm. within the locker room. They know that they have some unfinished business, and they can't wait to get back. You know for for to next year. Now it looks like we're going to have a first place schedule. So it's not going to be a cakewalk, but I think our guys are, are up for the challenge for next year. Yeah, Jimmy, it's interesting you said that because I remember uh, in 96 where we was in that locker room after we had lost to the New England Patriots in the championship game, and we felt like as a as a team, as a, as a team, that we could play with the big dogs. And I remember yeah. talking, we could play yeah. with the big dogs. And I remember Coach Coughlin saying, listen, we're going to put this thing together to where – where we don't, because you know, traveling on the road took its toll on us. I mean, we didn't have any home games or whatever. He said, "Listen, we're going to put this team in position where the road to the Super Bowl has to come through us. In order for that to happen, we had to be elite." And yeah. I think this team has that same scenario. I think they have that same thinking: is that, yeah, we 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 know we can go. We know we can play against the big dogs, but at some particular point, we're going to be the big dog that you have to come in our house. And I think that's the attitude that, that our players have now. Uh, you know, the way that we performed late in the season, uh, the way that we performed, even in this divisional this divisional playoff game against Kansas City, we had a, a chance to win. You know, when you're on a national stage like that, playing against Kansas City, and, and we're breaking records as far as the number of people that are watching that game, I mean, that – that does something to you, and it gives you the confidence that I can't wait to play those teams again, because that's how we felt when we when we uh, when we lost to, to to New England in that championship game. Uh, we knew that we could beat Denver. We couldn't wait to get back to Denver or, or get Denver. You know, those were the top teams: Denver, 
and uh, and the Patriots when we were playing. Those were the teams we had to beat. And I think Coughlin knew that, and Coughlin, Coughlin drafted, brought in free agents, and built our team to beat Denver, to beat New England. And I think Doug, Doug, Doug Peterson is going to do the same thing. We know the teams that we got to beat. Uh, someone asked me, what is – I think I was on uh, Keyshawn, Jay Will, and, and Max show. They asked me, where does, does Trevor fit, Trevor Lawrence fit in the landscape of quarterbacks? And I said, he's got to start beating these quarterbacks. He's got to beat a Patrick Mahomes. He's got to beat a, a Josh Allen. Uh, and, and he's beginning to do that. You know, he, he's, he beat Justin Herbert twice. Uh, and these, these are our top quarterbacks in the AFC. And I think Trevor's right up there. You know, in that top uh, three or four uh, quarterbacks in, in, in the AFC and probably the NFL. A couple more for Jimmy Smith on the Fair and Fair phone line. Jimmy, I want to circle back to what you were saying about your conversation with Evan Ingram and the broader picture because that is the big talking point coming out of this past weekend's loss. Which of these guys will come back? Will they have to restructure some of these salaries for returning players to ensure they have the money to pay Evan Ingram? Mm -hmm. Take us a little bit behind the curtain as a player. What is going on in these weeks following the end of the season as you're looking to next year? You want to, you know, if, if you have a good nucleus, you want to keep it together are there conversations going on amongst the players saying hey I will take less money or I will take guaranteed money to ensure we have enough to pay someone else I highly doubt that there are conversations to where a player is saying it's going to take less money but there may be a thought you know that I'm willing to take a little less to stay here where I know I have a home rather than go somewhere else where I don't know what, what I'm walking into you know, you've seen a lot of players uh, leave their home team and go off and, and sign somewhere else, and it's not the grass is not as, as green as where you left from. So I think uh, you can – I mean, I know Evan Ingram, he, he, he loves Jacksonville. That's the first thing. When you love the city and love the fans, our fans are going to respond and they're going to love you back. And in Evan Ingram's uh, uh, case, he wants to be here and he knows he has some unfinished business. And, uh, you know, that, that, that's his business on, on, on his money. We, we're not going to be, be pocket-watching. You know, we, uh, I hope he gets whatever he, you know, what he deserves and, and what he wants. But uh, uh, it, it's up to, to Trent Baalke and, and, and the Jag, Jaguars administration and management uh, to make that happen and ensure that he stays at Jacksonville. Jimmy, what do you know about Calvin Ridley and – do you think he can be that that number one that they've lacked now for, I mean, honestly, a long, long time with this franchise? Um, that remains to be seen. What I do know about Castle really is that he is a supreme route runner. And when you have a supreme route runner on your team as a potential number one, uh, it'll raise the bar for the, for the rest of your receiving core. Uh, what, and, Cersei, you can attest to this. Guys learn from watching other guys. And by having a supreme route runner out there on the field for Trevor, and this, and what I mean supreme route runner, I mean stances. I heard you talking about Cersei hitting the sled. You know, all those things are kind of like a lost art in today's coaching. You go back to our days, you know, we know, me and Cersei know uh, a lot of things that are lost art today. We need to get back to the basic fundamentals. And the basic fundamentals of being a receiver is your stance having your stance down, coming off the ball for four quarters, uh, keeping your shoulders square at the top of your route. 
those are the basic. You do those three things, you can you. No one will cover you, and uh, that's what Kevin really brings to the table uh, by watching his play when he was playing with Atlanta. He is a supreme route runner. And I think he raised the bar with our receiving core, and that we'll we'll have a top tier passing game. Jack fans hoping so. Before we have to say goodbye, Jimmy, uh, it was cool. Keenan got an interview uh, up in New England as an OC. You mentioned him. What do you think his chances are in, in, in getting a, a coordinator role? Well, I don't know if I should say this. I talked to Keenan last night. He's headed to Tampa. So let's just keep our, our fingers crossing. Just, just let's wish him luck. Nice. Yeah, nice. Awesome. Love, love hearing that. Love hearing that. Uh, Jimmy, I did take less money to sign you when you were uh, in Jacksonville, just so you know that. <laughs> why Why you put that on me, Thurston? You didn't get money before I was getting money. Thurston, uh, Thurston, we, we were in the same staff in 92. I saw you come out of Miami and get drafted by Pittsburgh, so you were already rich. No. You already had a bag. And then when we brought you here, I'm like, he's getting another bag before I can even get started. <laughs> hey, appreciate you, Jay Smooth. Thanks for coming on, bro. Thanks, guys, for having me on. All yeah, right, we'll talk yeah. to you soon. All right, 82 at Jimmy Smith Jags. Definitely check him out there. And uh, he will be part of the uh, Dewey Awards uh, tomorrow. Yes. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. If that doesn't make you feel good about Calvin Ridley, you know? Because yeah. because if you think Supreme about it Supreme route runner is important to hear. If, if you think about it now, uh, Sean Jefferson said the same thing mm-hmm. about, about Christian Kirk. Kirk. Yeah. Said the way he works and the way he takes, the way he takes his craft seriously, the guys around him – We'll also pick up on it and play better. Yeah, and there's, I mean, there's a reason that that receiving court played really well this year. Yeah. So now you get another guy in there right. who takes his craft seriously. I mean, you, you, I look. Who knows how much he's fallen off after a year and a half out of the game? But it'll be, it'll be fun to see it develop. I'll tell you that. And for what it's worth, uh, I did realize we didn't even ask Jimmy mm-hmm. about with Chris Jackson departing yeah, for I, I, uh, the University I, of Texas. I wanted to hear what he had to say about Keenan yeah. and, and not try and tie the two together. I'm happy he said Tampa right. because that does give him an opportunity. But it, I, I, this is just a gut. He, does not, he will not make a lateral move. Oh, Keenan. Yeah. Well, so, so I will actually re- – I can report something yeah. on that because I was told something last night. Um. Keenan obviously would love to be an offense coordinator. Mm-hmm. Press Taylor is the offense coordinator until he's not here in Jacksonville. However, Jim Bob Cooter is also interviewing for that Jim job Bob! down in Ca- Tampa. And so there is some potential. The passing game coordinator. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, there, so he'll have some kind of bump in title. Which, by the way, that is yeah. what Chris yeah. Jackson left for Texas for. Yeah. He is the passing game coordinator it's and wide receiver. Bump in title coach. and cheddar. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And so there is a possibility. I like that. I've been told that Keenan's camp has expressed interest in a reunion here in Jacksonville. Yep. But again, it would it, it would not be for a lateral move. It would have it, to be if Jim Bob leaves that passing game right. coordinator. I'm not going to. I'm not going to lie. Affect, I'm like, going to miss Jim Bob if he this leaves. This could affect the Deweys. You know that, right? Yes, it really could. If, if, if I'm going to miss him if he let, leaves. I don't want to let any kind of secrets out about what's going on Friday. But yeah. well, there could affect listen, the Deweys. We're having some suggestions on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, and there could be a Cooter Award out there. We don't know, <laughs> but the Deweys uh, will be unveiled tomorrow. But. One thing that he did say, Leon, remember when he was up in Minnesota and he compared the facilities up there versus down here? You know, remember mm-hmm. he was very lukewarm on on now there's a lot of progress in that department. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here. Oh, you're talking about the facilities here yeah. compared to up there. Compared oh, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, those facilities should be done by what, this summer, right? By the beginning yeah. of the yeah. 2023 training camp. Okay, yeah. so yeah. So you never know. That type of thing could be. Could uh, influence you, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, the one good thing Urban Meyer left besides the ice cream machine, folks. Yeah. At least, I do want, I, listen, I'm not never going to fully be like, thank you, Urban. Mm-hmm. But 
that graphic, do you guys remember that they put up uh, when they announced the Performance Center of mm-hmm. square foot or, you know, just square feet yeah. that are dedicated to training space in the National Football League? You got the Cowboys and the Rams all the way off the chart. Oh, I do you remember. You got the it. It rest of the crazy. league here, and then you have the Jags at the very bottom, and it's literally about two inches thick. Yeah, it, I, I remember that now that you're saying it, yeah. and it was eye-popping. It is when, something that had to be addressed. And so if nothing else, and this is probably what he knew more than anything else, was facilities-wise, what you needed to have to operate uh, and be a winner, and at the very least, yeah. Uh, instead of it will always be the Jacks, it will always be the, he'll the get performance. A super, he'll get a Super Bowl ring when they win one. How about the that? Urban yeah, Meyer yeah. Memorial Performance Center. Yeah, wouldn't be, the Super Bowl <laughs> would not have been possible. <laughs> Without it. All right, let's stay with the Jags. We'll also hit over to the NFL ranks. Uh, Number one to talk about some of the coaching interviews, where some certain high-profile names could land on the coaching carousel. Mel Kuyper also has his latest mock draft. You're going to want to hear where he has Anthony Richardson going, folks. It's XL Primetime. He went from being this A-plus quarterback to this quarterback saying, boy, now we see there's going to be, this is going to be polarized. You see the ability to run and and destroy defenses with his legs. You see the big-time arm strength, but you see layups that he's missing. Let's go to the left. He's bouncing throws, bubble screens, not on the target. Coaching is going to be critical for him, Todd. I understand you like to see you back for another year. He's coming out. I think the hope is go to a team that can let him sit for a little bit. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. Todd, 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 Todd. You hear it a lot. Uh, Mel Kuyper, as he's breaking it down, by the way, not only Anthony Richardson, but Plenty of other quarterback storylines in the top 10 with Mel Kuyper's mock that he's dropped earlier today. And Anthony Richardson, you know what? He has him going ninth to the Carolina Panthers. I look at all of you. Do you think anyone is letting anyone sit when they are taking a player ninth overall with the quarterback play that the Carolina Panthers have had here of late? Carolina Panthers have gone through Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, P.J. Walker, Cam Newton. You can go on and on and on with the guys that they have tried, uh, lost with over the last handful of games and seasons. They want a guy to come out and take control of that quarterback position. Anyway, he's not the top quarterback, but he is among the top ten. Welcome back to the 1 o'clock hour. It's XL Primetime. Joe C., MLB Mio, Brian, Matty Hayes, Big Surge, and J.J., well, we say thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton. You can check them out. Head on out there this afternoon. You've got beautiful weather, nice breeze, a little bit of cloud cover, and you can enjoy everything out there. See the practice facilities as well as take on that golf course. Call 287-PLAY. So would you be willing, if you're a general manager, Leon, to take Anthony Richardson number nine overall and your clock starts immediately as to whether or not you're going to you're going to keep your job if that guy doesn't pan out? No, I mean, listen, the kid has all the upside in the world. I think he should have came back another year, but the temptation to go pro and the money and all that is just so overwhelming. I told you that as soon as the season was over, there was going to be some agent, there was some agency that was going to whisper in his ear, hey, mm-hmm. listen, this is your projections, and if it has anything like first round on it, he was going to come out. So, I, listen, from the games I've seen him play, I, I don't think the kid is ready. Uh, but there's always an offensive coordinator out there. There's always a GM. There's always a team that figures that they could take a mm-hmm. chance on the kid and uh, we'll develop him. I mean, is, is he the Trey Lance of this year? Trey Lance, we hadn't seen anything of Trey Lance when San Francisco traded, what, two 
They moved up to get him. They traded like first round picks, second round picks to move up to get him. And the kids, yeah. we've it, seen marginal uh, effort from this kid in the NFL. But yeah, he was picked third overall. So you can't be that surprised that a guy like AR, who has all the physical attributes, has looked good at times, was up for the Heisman after one game. Uh, that someone would take <laughs> that someone would take a shot on him in the draft, uh, but I wish the kid well. I, um, I wish the kid well. Uh, hopefully, they can develop and then he can be a a stellar quarterback that could play ten years or so. How much of it is the unknowns and the mystique? We look at Trey Lance back in the twenty twenty one NFL draft. Had only played one game the year before because of COVID. Had only, I believe, played what eleven games the year before that. And part of why the stock was so high mm-hmm. was the ceiling was all anyone could talk about. The floor was unknown. Mm-hmm. And that's where I look at Anthony Richardson. And you can't blame the business decision because right now, no. I mean, yes, could you bet on yourself and come back and raise that stock? Absolutely. But at the same time, looking at the Florida roster as we do now, Hayes Carline said yesterday on the Frangie Show, and I was astounded by this saucy nug, uh, six seniors Mm -hmm. set to return for Florida next year. Saucy nugs. Six. Yeah. That's insane. And they still have a couple scholars to give out if there's not any more attrition. So that's (laughs) the crazy part. You can't – if you're Anthony Richardson, you cannot bank on – I'm going to come back, we're going to win a national championship, and then I go number one overall. Or, or just the basic thought that you'll look better right. the, the next Because you may year. not look better, yeah. and then what happens? Or that he'll get better. Yeah, he could. That's another thing. Uh, look, I, There's no guarantee he's getting better at Florida. Right, right, and exactly. He's got a much better opportunity to get better in the NFL. Yeah, and the, the, this will always be the line. You can get better while getting paid. Yeah. That, if someone's willing to take you, going back to what Leon said and what the forecast is, someone's willing to take you. That means you are going to get some guaranteed Here, money, and that's where you can get better while getting paid. Here's another thing: I, I can guarantee you, Florida didn't want him back either. He he may be because uh, there's no, there's just they're in purgatory. Yeah, they they there. needed to make room for grammar, so they're I totally in, get what you're saying. No, what I'm saying is yeah. they're in purgatory there. Yeah, there he he's reached his ceiling in college. He needs to go to the NFL and get coached. Yeah, I don't think he was getting coached there. You can blame that on Florida if you want. I have no problem with that. Right. All I'm saying is I think they were done with him too. They yeah, probably I, didn't say we want you to go, but I can guarantee you they're not they're not broken up about it. Right. It's just still a scary thought that you're Billy Napier right now looking at you got Graham Merchant. Yeah, looking at but what you got. I will say this. There's one more portal portal opening. Mm-hmm. It opens May five, it closes May fifteen. All those kids that lose jobs mm-hmm. in spring practice, those quarterbacks, they're gonna go in the portal. Yeah, I, he's I, going don't to get worry, another you guys. You're gonna get a guy who lost he's, his job somewhere. He's going <laughs> you it's true. He's going to get a quarterback. Um and I if I'm a Florida fan, I'm still holding out hope for Nussmeyer. Yeah. Because at some point, Nussmeier's going to say, what am I going to do? Am I sit behind Daniels again? Yeah, and they brought another one in there, uh, another good quarterback. The transfer portal rankings, which you might as well get used to them because they are out there. Florida State's up there. Michigan is up there. Oklahoma, uh, because they really had to do some things to shore up uh, what didn't go right for them because they were at the top of the, the Big 12 world forever. Uh, exit Lincoln Riley, Brent Venables kind of – not not humbled because wasn't like he had a whole lot of hype anyway. They also gone. didn't have a whole lot to work with. Right. They all been, left for Southern California. Yeah, they've been very aggressive. And as we talked a little bit about it yesterday and today, Colorado has won in the transfer portal. Okay, going and yep. getting. They're going to uh, get Rashada too, by the way. Yeah, the very, very well could. And, and oh, add, by the way, not for $13 million. Yeah, exactly. But you And Travis Hunter, who knows exactly how much he got. When we go back to Jackson Travis State Hunter is in such a unique position now because, like, I feel now that he's back in, or he's back in, he is in a mm-hmm. Power Five conference for the first time. Mm-hmm. 
and he did what he did at Jackson State. I mean, listen, like he's a household name, and he's never actually played a snap at the elite, elite level. No. So he's not too worried, I don't think, about the money or anything. I think I truly think that he knew coming out of high school he was a good enough player that he would play in the league, right. and so it didn't matter where he played high school, and he would rather be a part of something, something special. The Dion, and, the Dion machine, and people will. I don't people. think I don't think with him it's about the NIL. Right. Now, now looking back on it a year later, I do not know how much money he is making in the NIL market. But I don't think it's because I think he is a household name. Yeah, I just feel like it's it's alphabet soup in a lot of ways. It's HBCU and NIL. It's both of them because that that afforded him that luxury of going and playing for Dion because he did get the well, it money. Was, to go it wasn't it wasn't so much HBCU. It was Dion. Yes. Because when Dion went to Colorado, where did Travis Hunter go? Right. Right. Colorado. Right. Where did yeah, Dion's son go, who yeah. many people thought could have transferred so to Alabama? That's, but at least that's that, the but kind of whole point I was making with Auburn. Yeah. Auburn had a chance to go unique. To be unique and hire Dion, who would get players there, mm-hmm. who would also also convince the SEC presidents to give the HBCUs cash every year, a percentage of their of their uh, of their media rights deals. You know, even if it's one percent. That one percent for those HBCUs is enormous. He would have done something like that. It would have been a win win yeah, everywhere. That would have been really Instead, cool. they go with Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze may win. Mm-hmm. He may get it done. All I'm saying is they had a chance to do something unique in a state where. The boogeyman has been running it for 16 years now, save a couple years from Auburn. So, you know, here we are now in Auburn. Now you've got Hugh Freeze. Let's see where it ends. Yeah. No, I I, I laughed at Florida State last last year when they flipped their number one DB until it happens to us. And Cormani. Yeah, until it happens to us. Yeah. So he's flipped the, I got a bad the last two years. Yeah, you're right. Two, the last two, two years, the, the two number one DBs in the country. But yeah, I agree with Matt. I think Cormani McClain and Travis Hunter are very different people. I, because – Travis Hunter was good to go physically day one. I mean, Cormani McClain cannot be 170 pounds. Have you seen him? He is not a big dude. And, and, and it he's seems six like foot, he's like 165 something. And it seems like uh, Travis Hunter grounded, very grounded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, knows- well, Travis Hunter wanted to yeah. play for Dion. Yeah. Like he wanted. He, <laughs> and, and, and like just, I think that's going to be no skin off your back eventually. Right. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, but, but just as. Watching that video. <laughs> As we hung up the phone with Jimmy, Jimmy's the perfect example. If you have skill, they will find you. Right. He yeah. is Jackson yeah. State and and was found. Now he did gig Leon. You know, he was drafted way, you know, much, much later. He, you know, he was he was an undrafted guy. And so it it, it can come in different forms at different times, but if you're legit, you will be found. So let's look at the rest of Mel Kuyper's mock draft. We'll, we'll get to our Jacksonville Jaguars at 24, um, but let's look at the rest of that top 10. He does have the Bears maintaining the number one overall pick, and they select Jalen Carter, mm-hmm. defensive tackle out of Georgia. He does have, if there is a potential trade, he believes it would be the Colts, the Raiders, or the Panthers that would move up to that number one spot ahead of the Houston Texans, who so many people assume will take a quarterback. And in this situation, he has them taking C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State. And Stroud, if you're wanting to talk about where you would rank these guys, he has them in the order of C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. This and they is Mel go Kuyper. Any, hmm? This is Mel Kuyper. Yeah, Mel Kuyper. They He's go anywhere Stroud from over Bryce Young. Yeah, yeah, and and he also basically qualified it, which I think most people are qualifying it. If and it's a big if, it's just impossible right now because Bryce Young is not three inches taller than what he is right now. He's never going to be. So if he was six foot plus, he said he thinks he's below 5'11", and he weighs 180 pounds. If he's six foot plus and weighs 200 pounds, 
then he would have him ahead of C.J. Stroud. At least he's qualifying it that way. And so C.J. Stroud, a bigger man with a similar skill set, and that's why he put him up ahead. But he's not concerned about the Ohio State quarterbacks prior. No, look, Kuyper can be dead wrong. We all know that. But And this is his first mock draft. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. he'll have more. Uh, I do think we, we got to take that picture of – uh, Bryce Young next to me. I think we need to start selling it off as like uh, fuel for keeping him out of the AFC South and being yeah. like, "Look, this is this small five foot two girl. Look how look how she compares to yeah. Bryce Young." He was not honestly, and you know, you all know well, this. He's just not that well, big of an individual. Well, as CJ Stroud goes, I mean, that Georgia game, I mean, elevated played his really style. Well. Really yeah, did played really well. Oh, played really well. Against <laughs> played really well against Utah last year too. Yeah, yeah. but it, played it, really poorly against Michigan both times. Here is what uh, Mel Kuyper, because I know we do have to hit a break. Here is what Mel Kuyper has for your Jacksonville Jaguars. He has them selecting Deontay Banks, corner, out of Maryland. Here is the write-up. How about those Jaguars? After an AFC South title in 2022, shouldn't they be the early favorites to win it again? GM Trent Baalke did a nice job filling holes last season, but the pass rush is still mediocre. The off-ball linebackers struggled badly in coverage, and there is an open corner spot opposite Tyson Campbell. With a strong corner class in this draft, Baalke and company could target Banks, a man coverage defender with exceptional physical tools. He could rise as we get closer to the draft once NFL teams see him test at the combine. And yes, this would make five corners off the board in round one another position to keep an eye on for Jacksonville is tight end where Evan Ingram is a free agent Luke Musgrave of Oregon State and Dalton Kincaid of Utah could be options yeah, they they just need to keep improving that room if they can and, and the biggest way to keep that room going is keeping the guy that they have uh, and then adding to it you got to have Evan Ingram as your base your block your foundation if you can all right, uh, we'll stay on that topic. A few more from Mel Kuyper. Uh, and then uh, JJ's got to chime in on this at, at some points. Scott Rosen elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Oh, Scott Rowland, yeah. Scott Rowland, excuse yeah. me. Neither uh, one deserved yeah, to be Yeah, in, exactly. No, I have, I have some feelings yeah. about Todd Helton. Yeah, yeah. I do. Well, yeah, but he did not get he it. He didn't get no, in. I know I, he didn't I, get Todd in. Todd Helton, I would put him way before Thank Scott Thank you. That's Rowland. what I was yeah. going to get at. I would yeah. put Mr. Rockies in. All the so, way. Let's at least touch on that coming up, but we'll stay on the Jags before Big Surce gets out of here. Don't forget tomorrow, Mr. Tattoo Jacks right there on Bay Meadows Road. Uh, my man Travis will uh, tat up Big Surce on that. We're going left bicep, correct? Left bicep, right? Uh, or are you not sure? Wow, we haven't even decided. Well, we're we decided <laughs> He's going to sleep on it. You're, sleep you're, right, you're right-hand dominant, right? I am right-hand dominant. That doesn't matter. You've got to go on the right. <laughs> got to go on the right. If you yeah. flex, what's the first one? You, do you do this? Or do you do this? Oh, you know what? You're a right tackle. You gotta, you gotta have it. On oh, you know what? I mean, if, what you? If, if you're like Where's a guy who you goes on the right hand side. Yeah. Yeah. Give me some. Give me some etiquette, uh, JJ. If you're a guy who's like got your window down a lot, cigar driving. That's left hand. Arm out. Got to no, go I, with the left arm. No, I smoke with my right. But when you're right. driving, your arms well, out. Left. Yeah, but we're also yeah. under the assumption that oh, he the is, cane's going to go there. Yeah, we're so. also under the assumption that he's going to be showing that that bicep all the time. He, he does have sleeves. True, you true, know? absolutely. Oh, yeah, he's he, not he going to have sleeves after this. I was going to say he has no he has no choice but to show it. His sleeves roll he's up. Going man. Orange County Johns, you kidding me? From this, from oh this my point god, forward. what a great reference, Joe. <laughs> it's XL Prime Time. Seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. 24 minutes past the 1 o'clock hour on a Wednesday edition of XL Primetime. 
wrapping up yeah. our discussion with Mel Kuyper's mock draft, his first official one. Again, in case you're just joining us, uh, Anthony Richardson going ninth to the Carolina Panthers. He would be the fourth quarterback off the board following C.J. Stroud at number two to the Houston Texans, Bryce Young at four to the Indianapolis Colts, and Will Levis at five to the Seattle Seahawks. No major trades in the top five in this mock draft. Uh, While we're on the subject of the Indianapolis Colts and looking Mm -hmm. around the National Football League, let's span a little bit before I know we have a uh, funky fact coming up Mm -hmm. here in just a second, Josie. Let's look at some of these potential Coaching hires. I know it's beautiful here in Duval County that we don't have to talk about that for the first time in three years. Um, but it is fascinating to see who some of the finalists are for some of these jobs. It looks like right now, speaking of the Carolina Panthers, who again, Mel Kuyper has Anthony Richardson landing with, looks like they are down, according to Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, to Frank Reich, the former Indianapolis mm-hmm. Colts head coach, Kellen Moore, the OC of the Dallas Cowboys, and Steve Wilkes who was their interim head coach this season. I I really am interested to know what Frank Reich went through. He even did a little piece, I think, on the 33rd team, admitting that just it was just not dysfunctional, but just was not a good situation. Steve Wilkes did a really good job, okay, at the end. Now, they ended up not winning a couple of key games late, but they pulled themselves up from the bootstraps in a lot of ways and put themselves in a great position to try and – and make a run, they ended up, I think they lost that game late to Tampa Bay that took him out of playoff consideration. Bottom line is, I thought he did a good job. He was run out of Arizona after one year. I thought just a little little unfair. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where they'll land. Yeah, Rap Sheet says the early word is that the Panthers will focus on an experienced head coach if possible. Uh, obviously, Kellen Moore has not been a head coach, but Frank Reich and Steve Wilkes both have. And so mm-hmm. it'll be curious to see where they go. Uh, the real one I want to talk about. Uh-huh. Jeff Saturday is getting a second interview with the Colts. Yeah. He is one of two known names. Um, I always butcher this name. Uh, Egerio Evero, the D.C. at the uh, the Denver Broncos, who's very, very highly thought after. I know a lot of our listeners um, who are draft pundits and NFL, you right. know, draft and scouting aficionados think that that guy is brilliant and he's a rising star in the profession. Um, so they're bringing him in for a second interview. And then also Jeff Saturday. Mm-hmm. I wonder whether or not uh, people change their opinion about what Jeff Saturday did at Indianapolis. It was not necessarily a good product. Did it, cha- did it change your mind at all, Leon? It's a joke, bro. Yeah. I mean, his beer buddy got a job. That's what I look at. Mm-hmm. I mean, essentially, Jeff Saturday has no, absolutely no experience in coaching right. outside of high school. Um, probably uh, playing football. Maybe he was a motivator. But those guys that he was over top of, those guys who've had – uh, 15, 20, 30 years oh of gosh, coaching yes. experience. I mean, they just got to walk in, sit at the head of the table was embarrassing to them and the organization. I would be as a player. Yeah. I mean, listen, no, no knock against Jeff Saturday. He was an outstanding player for the Colts. He was a pro bowler. You know, I, I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer or not. Maybe in the Colts realms, he's a Hall of Famer. But he had no, absolutely no, no, no responsibility to be coming in and trying to be the head coach. I totally agree. Based upon what the owner placed him to be at. Right. I, I like the individual. I just have no idea whether he's yeah, exactly. qualified. He, he no. was not coaching before that, <clears throat> at least this year. Therefore, I think he's not qualified to be to be getting interviewed. Yeah. I really don't. Not a second interview. One yeah. other note from around the National Football League, Andy Reid telling reporters about a half hour ago that Patrick Mahomes will practice today. He, quote, did the walkthrough this morning, and he will practice this afternoon. 
Yeah, they're going to try hard. They're going to try real hard uh, to give him whatever they possibly can to make sure he's good to go. Yeah. No, I hope he's 100% because I want the excuses when they lose. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because Cincinnati, Cincinnati beat him while he was healthy. So I don't want them to say, well, right. you know. Right. I, well, Patrick wasn't healthy. I, I don't want that. Right. Yeah. I, want, I want him at 100%. Yeah, because they're already 3-0 and against him. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, I want I, him to earn his whooping. Yeah, and they were not all there, but uh, they lost up at uh, Cincinnati – Mm, what, about three or four games to go last season, too. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I'm looking up at our TV here at 1010XL World Headquarters, and Michaela Schifrin is on SportsCenter on the main ESPN channel. I guess there's some draft coverage going on on ESPN2, though, and Todd McShay is on right now, and he just reported that Bryce Young and his nutritionists are trying to get him up to 210 pounds. That's a lot. That's going to be a lot to ask for. That is almost a um, – hmm. well, I mean, where is he at now? That's feasible. He is currently at uh, – let's, uh, let's see what Alabama listed one, him at. 190? He's 190. On the football roster at Alabama in the year of our Lord 2022, Bryce Young was listed at 194 pounds. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. One, so 210, 15, 15 pounds. Yeah, you know how I put well, weight on – yeah, I at the end of the night, right before I go to bed, eat a big ass bowl of spaghetti. Yeah, yeah, just do it, pasta. Bryce. Yeah, pasta. Is he going to be able to run the forty though? Yeah. Well, he, yeah, he, that's the thing. I'm yeah. not healthy. Yeah, he cannot do put it, sixteen pounds on. Look, I do it beer and wings, uh, and I can yeah. I can add weight, but I just I, that's not not reasonable. Well, I mean, <laughs> listen, he can put the weight on, and right before the forty, he can he can have what I had today. I had a beat. Mm-hmm. Banana pineapple. No, no. A be- beets, banana pineapple, apple, carrot, juicer. Uh-huh. How'd that and go? I, I came out feeling about ten pounds lighter. <laughs> get, get in my of. belly. So get a hold of yeah, yeah. So we after he comes in, he weighs in. Yeah. And then the next day, we runs the forty. He'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh it, it will cause a reaction. Oh, which yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah, I came out the bathroom lightheaded. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's do a little funky fact. Time now for a funky fact. Get funky with Funky Buddha. You can check out their craft selection right there in the cooler section of your local grocer. You can go with any number of the creations that they have uh, from Funky Buddha. So we just mentioned Pat Mahomes. We hope he's 100%. I think we all want to see the magic man at full tilt if you can. Joey Burrow, Jalen Hurts, and Brock Purdy. They are now the youngest group of conference championship quarterbacks since conference championship play began in 1970. That's how far back we're going. And Mahomes is the old man of the bunch. Now, they are a combined 25 years and 98 days old. They beat another Fab Four that were the previous record holders since 1970 of 25 years, 231 days, the average age. Who were the previous youngest group of quarterbacks in the NFC and AFC championship games? I want to. NFC and AFC won. Yeah, the four, the final four. These are the youngest now, just over 25 years old. Who was the last? It was just over, it was actually listed as 25, 231 days. Didn't we have one L- similar to this? Recently? Jim Kelly, Marino, Elway. Yeah. This is a tough one. Detroit this is not an easy those. one. It wasn't no, in the championship. Troy would have made it his third or it fourth was Steve year. Steve Young was one year. 
The guys that I'm talking about were 27, 26, 24, and 24. I think Steve, I think Aikman's one of them, but I, I can't remember who the other guy is though. All right. When did Elway come in? This is a difficult. This is really <laughs> difficult. Yeah, not easy. Which means I'm going to get you to it. All right, go yeah, ahead. Get us to I'm it. I'm just going to get you to it uh, because it has a nice little flavor to it. Uh, at 27 years old, Brett Favre was one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, at 24 years old, Drew Bledsoe was one of them. Mm-hmm. Also 96. 24, Kerry Collins was one of them. And 26-year-old Mark Brunel yeah. in 1996 wow. was one of them. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, it, it, Brunel, and, and the reason so I was- Brunel v. Bledsoe, what yeah. you Well, the old man in that bunch was Brett Favre. And, you know, Brunel was going up against Bledsoe, and Bledsoe and them ended up going on. I'm thinking this group of guys ends up uh, having a lot better NFL careers than that Rock party included? Yeah, Yeah, why not? But, yeah, yeah, him obviously least. Right, you never know. And, and by the way, Rock party could end up being a a Tom Brady when it's all said and done. We have no idea what he's going to end up turning into, but that was a pretty good crew, and it goes back to what Jimmy said earlier. That was a young bunch in 1996, those playmakers uh, that were coming on. So there you go. All right, Big Surge, this time tomorrow, Travis will be already halfway through yeah, he your, will your be. tattoo. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, Mr. Tattoo Jacks, you're fired up. You're going to pick pick left or right. You're going to have to make that I'll declaration. I'll make that decision in the morning. Okay? <laughs> and you'll be in the mirror flexing, and you'll try and figure yeah, out where you're you, that power. Yeah, where you'd like to see it. Okay, I, I just, what, what is your best side, you know? Both sides, bro. Oh, yeah. wow. Very I humble. Don't have any <laughs> I, I love that. That's a Joey B yeah, response yeah. is what that is. I'm not even going to tell you what to do, but mm-hmm. I'm going to make a suggestion. Yes. You were right tackle, all uh, a pro bowler here. True. Oh, And you, were, you played left tackle back at the U. See, Joe's so good at this mm-hmm. guy. So, if you want to go that way. Yeah, go to right tackle. Yeah, yeah go to Jaguar right, yeah. hurricane left. Okay. Because yeah. you right. did play left, and you were a Hall I did. of Famer. Yes, yes, so. I did. My okay. prediction, you fall in love with it, and you're going to get, like, 10. 10? Oh, you're going to love it. You're going to have, like, neck tats, Leon's not face tats. Uh, you become a tat guy. Really? It might happen. Some so people the, get addicted to it, it's man. It's obsession. Yes. Okay. Is it? Is it the just having it? No, it's the whole. It's the, 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 the feeling. Yeah, it's the yeah. experience. It's the needle. It's the smell. It's the all of it. it you'll burning see. It's flesh. awesome. Yeah, yeah. The, the burning flesh. Yes. Huh? All right, we'll see you manana. All right, all right. Big Surge is out the door. Mr. Tattoo Jacks, right there on Bay Meadows Road. You can find Travis on Instagram at uh, I believe it's at Travis Costello. I hope I have that right. And then Mr. Tattoo Jacks. Uh, so he will have that, and we will have video, obviously. We will that. have Geo coming up next, yes. but I do want to hit this. I missed this this morning from Josina Anderson, now with CBS Sports, uh, with regards to the Colts' head coaching situation. She is told that Jim Ursay still has desires to hire Jeff Saturday, but, quote, some who work with the owner or have his ear, while feeling that Saturday is a great person, are not in favor of him as the head coach. We will see if the Colts even make it through the list of expected second-round interviews. Yeah. Our next guest is not affiliated with the NFL or Jacksonville Jaguars. Discussion of injuries is solely based on opinion. Now, the Bari Orthopedics and Sports Medicine Injury Breakdown. I'm coming in hot. Now, Leon is going to get the Jaguar logo on his arm tomorrow at Mr. Tattoo Jags. And I'm just going to look him dead in the eye. I'm going to say, Gio, is there any truth to the rumor that you're going to have Gio tatted on your bicep? Is that true? 
There is no truth to that rumor. There's, there's no truth. Are you serious? Nothing? No, Nothing. No Barry Orthopedic logo on your No, no just no? Geo. That's all you, you know, I told my wife, let's get tattoos. She yeah. said no. No? Yeah. Of it, what? I don't know. Because then That's when he, the like, worst idea ever. <laughs> because then when he flexes, it becomes like a big Geo. You know what I mean? And so it starts out small, whoo, then becomes a big Geo. That's right. So you're not going to do I it. I told huh? you I had it. You know, you're the only one that ever calls me Geo. Yeah. But then I had a patient's family member the other day go, are you Geo? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You are Geo. You are the man. That's you guys how you know get, it's working. You could go, you could go uh, Pamela and Tommy and get your wedding rings. Uh, That's true. But then I can't ring. operate for like two weeks because then you can't scrub it. You can't rub it, right? Yeah, and then, and, you're all, and then by the way, you're also locked in. Yeah, and you and you and Mrs. <laughs> Doctor Barry do not want to be Pamela. <laughs> you do not want to follow and Pamela like, are together. Right you do not want to follow that example. All right, now, <laughs> Doctor George Barry, fellowship trained under the renowned Doctor James Andrews. If you have a sports injury question, a serious sports injury question, Misso from the West Side, we tried to ask your question on the side without it being on the air, and we just we couldn't. We couldn't. I think I know which question that was. Yeah, yeah. We know what you know which question that was, but if you have a sports injury question and it could be joint pain, any area, just hit us with it. Hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures at six four one ten ten. We'll try and get one on, two on now. Uh, if not, breaking bones Sunday morning at seven thirty. So, Geo, the biggest one is the Pat Mahomes high ankle sprain, and you saw that injury. Yeah, as a diehard Jaguar fan, you saw that injury. Arden Key, his body falling on it, and that yes. thing just folded over. What, what, what was going through your mind? At first, I thought it was his knee. Yeah. Because his knee went like that, and then he, he, to me, it looked like he was grabbing it. But then, all of a, you know, when he went to the sideline, they taped up his ankle. And it was I think ankle. they even said knee initially, right? Didn't they say, like, I ankle knee? I think so. Yeah. But then they showed it a couple of times, and you could see. I was kind of surprised he came back um, just because he was still hobbling at halftime. They must have given him some numbing medicine. You better believe right? it. Because he hobbled a little less in the second half. So, my, But I, still hobbling. Still yeah. hobbling. Which and also, I, he had so much tape yeah. wrapped around it. It oh, looked yeah. like a club a club. Right, but the problem is when you foot. have a syndesmotic injury, uh, when you walk, that pressure of, of the talus, which is the Explain ankle bone, that. pushing up. So yeah. the syndesmosis, right, it, it keeps the tib and fi- tibia and fibula together. And that's the roof of your ankle. So those are up top. The tibia is up top, the fibula is on the side, and then you have the talus, which is, is the rotating ball underneath. So when you walk, that talus is going to drive into that those two bones. If that syndesmosis is off, it will spread them, right? I mean, they're just because there's nothing holding them. And he had hurt the syndesmosis, and that's why, even with all that tape, he's still struggling and limping. And I'm sure they gave him a lidocaine shot uh, to help numb it up a little bit, but there's only so much that's going to do, right? It's not going to completely. So you can still feel pain even with the lidocaine. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to. Even when we do blocks for surgery, when the anesthesia does blocks for a rotator cuff tear, they do blocks under ultrasound, and they can stare at the nerve and inject right next to the nerve. There are some people who still complain of pain, right? So even that's not 100% all the time. Um, will it help? Absolutely. But he still felt the pain. So here's something I wanted to ask you, and this is kind of an, an odd question, but I was thinking about this. If, if those ligaments are stretched, there's some instability there, obviously, right, in the yeah. ankle. So they tape it, and they got to tape it really tight, right? Correct. You're talking about three hours, three and a half hours of a tightly wrapped ankle. Yeah. Do you lo- do you get numbness at some point? Well, I mean, you know, if you Sorry, type it, up. it, I mean, if you if you type, no, no, it, I mean numbness where you yeah, literally there's can't, no blood flow. You don't know what's going on with your yeah. foot yeah. circulation. You know, is there a chance? Sure. I mean, there's a possibility. We always worry about when you, you know Coban, that little sticky stuff that you're out yeah. the brown stuff that sticks upon itself. Yep. We worry about using that because you can over-tighten that a lot, right? And then people have lost fingers because of it. They go to the ER and they tighten it and lose fingers. 
So is there a chance? Yeah, I think it'd be very difficult with regular tape to do that. You need something that's kind of stretchy that you can over tighten probably. So with tape, it'd probably be difficult. Is it possible? Sure, but the ankle is a big, is a big you know area right. to do that. Fingers, smaller areas are easier to do that than than bigger areas. Okay. Now the theory I had was that he limps off. They're over there. They're trying to figure out what's going on. He comes back. Then he goes back off. They're trying to tape it up. And then he takes his overcoat and flings it down. And he right. walks in uh, to the locker room. And so I'm thinking, all right, that's when he's getting the needle. They're going to shoot him up, bring him back out during the second quarter when Chad Henney led them 98 yards. He's standing on the sidelines, and it's basically getting numbed up at that point. Is that plausible? That's very plausible. Yeah. 100%. That's probably exactly what happened. I mean, you know, I am a doctor the, on yeah. the radio. The, I mean, the I, only yeah. way for him to play in the second half, there's no reason he didn't play the rest of the first half and then magically play the second half unless he got a shot. Right. I mean, this, so that gives him enough time sense. for him to kind of get used to it instead of rushing in there at the half right. and trying to get – Yeah, because when he came trotting out, it wasn't – it was a gimpy trot, but when he came trotting out, I'm like, oh, yeah. It's always a gimpy trot with him, though. Yeah, it is. It's like, like he has to go to the bathroom really bad. That's what he always looks like. <laughs> It's uh, how good will he be? He has that hip problem. Yeah. How good will he be? Someday? Well, the, the question is how bad is the MRI? I think they didn't say anything was torn. They just said sprain, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing was completely torn. But I think he's personally, I think he's going to struggle. I think an injury that was that bad, he's going to have a tough time. They're going to numb it up, right, and see how he does. And I think he'll play. But I, I don't think he's going to be what we see him as, as a normal. normally. Bad. See, that's too bad. I want the Bengals to beat them, to beat him. I want him to lose. I, I can't tell you what I told him, but I want him to lose so bad. <laughs> Who? Patrick Mahomes? Yes. Why? Do you not like him, uh, or do you not like him because guy. they beat the Jags? No, I mean, because they beat the They need to get destroyed. Wow. So I'm going to throw you a curveball, Doc. Um, Jack, man. This is one that it's when we... It's coming up. That's when we, uh, speaking right there, speaking of the Jags, speaking of the Jags, when we were uh, discussing pre-show, uh, the various injuries we would be discussing with Dr. Bari... Completely forgot about this one, and now I see the text line mm-hmm. also asking about their own issues. So we'll get to that in a second because mm-hmm. the text line is asking about herniated disc pain, mm-hmm. lower back T8. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to that one because it reminded me our good friend Demetrius Harvey of the Florida Times yeah. Union spoke with Shaq Griffin on Monday. And so what Shaq Griffin is saying, this back injury he had, he, quote, had to get his L5 or fifth lumbar spine vertebrae fixed in order to make a full recovery. He is claiming now that this injury occurred during training camp. And he says, little parts around it, we had to cut around it. There's a couple things they had to take out. It's something I've been dealing with since camp. Kind of hard to get into the season and try to get surgery when you really want to play. So that sounds very vague. Anytime I hear the word fixed, you think of something broken and you fix it, right? Uh, But I can't imagine he walked around with a fracture all day, you know, and so I think he's just, you know, the words are kind of incorrect that he's, that he's, exp- the way he's explaining it. He said very vague things. You know, they took things around it. I mean, it could be a, a slew of things. Usually in these football players, they get little microdiscectomies where they have to make a little, little hole in, in, in a passage in the bone, go in there and take the disc that's coming out. I'm assuming that's what he had. But he was out for a while. Yes. Mm-hmm. He, right. he, and then really ultimately didn't come back. Yeah. Right. He, he was done after week six. Yeah, after the Indy loss. So, and didn't return. I, I just assume that's what it is. Although, like I said, when I hear the word fix, I think of something that is broken that needs to be fixed. Not like a little herniated disc that you take out because that's not fixing it. That's removing. So I don't know if that's just a, a, he misspoke or he actually means that he fixed something. And in that case, something was broken. Maybe he had a compression fracture that they do like kyphoplasty where they put cement and expand it. 
if it, if it still hurts. I don't know. He's kind of young to have that, but you can have that with a big trauma, like compression fracture. But I would have to zoom it's a microdiscectomy. All right, let me give you this one off the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. We were just talking about that. Herniated disc pain only on sudden quick movements. Uh, lower back, T8, any suggestions uh, to improve or heal? Yeah, so there's a lot of – listen, back pain is the most common reason people go to see their doctor. Physical therapy, and I know people – a lot of people love saying, I go to the gym, right? That's not therapy. I know Matt, you know, the therapy didn't help him. But warrior. I will say this, just, be, works, just because <laughs> – just because therapy doesn't help you in whatever issue that you had doesn't mean it's gonna, not going to work now. And I tell people this. I say, look, you had a headache one day, you took Tylenol, and it didn't work. The next day you had a headache, you took Tylenol, and it worked. Right. There's no rhyme or reason. It just did. Right. Same thing with therapy or cortisone shots. One day, one injury doesn't help you, and the other injury, it does. So you can't just throw it all in the trash just because it didn't work once. But therapy with hernia discs is the mainstay of treatment. Now, most people do improve. If you don't improve and it bothers you enough, and you've done all the conservative treatments, then you can get steroid injections, which mm -hmm. will help that nerve that's being irritated. Now, et cetera, there's you know, a couple other types of injections you can get. Fast forward, if all that stuff doesn't work and you're having numbness and tingling and weakness in a, in a limb, right. then that's where you look at spine surgery. Yeah, and so the, honestly, that's what you're trying to figure out. Uh, all right, another quick one. Uh, my daughter plays soccer. She's 13 after every game. Uh, her feet and ankles hurt really bad, uh, like in tears, bad. Uh, with that said, they've tried ice after each time. It hasn't helped. Uh, tape and different wraps haven't helped either. Uh, suggestions? Well, at 13, you're still growing, so some, it could be some of that, right, because the, where the uh, tendons attached to that, those areas aren't fused yet, so they're going to take a lot of the pressure, especially after it seems like just after she does a high-impact activity, that's when it happens. Right. So it could be just growth plate pain. I would get x-rays just in case. I wonder if she has swelling. If she has swelling, then, you know, you have to check if there's other issues. Anytime anybody has multiple joint pain, you always think you always want to rule out any rheumatological issues. Mm -hmm. I think that's what she has, but that's right. something that possibly you could think about, especially if it's four joints that are bothering mm -hmm. her. Now, if they're only hurting her after big activities, right. I'd assume maybe it's more of a growth-type pain. I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't seen the patient or anything, but that's mm -hmm. what I would assume. But I would get x-rays just in case. and. And, and, they it, can, and if it's a common thing, maybe rheumatological workup just to make sure that nothing bad is going on. Yeah, and then come to Bari Orthopedics. And yeah, well, I mean, we could definitely get x-rays. I see high school and up. Yeah. Know, but, yeah. Uh, you know, if you're younger than that, peds, and you go to you can go to peds doc and rheumatologist. Right, so there you go. So that way you can at least get some uh, information help, uh, Any anything. Because, uh, you know, you, th those are the ones. The worst news Hyla ever got when she went and she had, she thought she had dislocated her elbow was when the doctor told her that her growth plate had closed. That was the worst news she got. Forget you know, about the elbow. My pediatrician told me I was going to be six foot two based on the graft. Yeah, yeah. I'm not six foot two. Do they actually close, Joe? They like, do. Yeah, they close. Absolutely. You can see them on x-ray. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what and she... So females close three years after menstruation starts, and males is about 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. That's usually about that's about time and everyone by then you're close. Yeah, it's over for us. And Bryce Young. <laughs> yeah, he's not gonna grow anymore. All right, Doc. Uh, good stuff. Now, uh bariorthopedics.com, locations across Jacksonville. You can definitely check him out. Uh make sure you seek him out. If you do have any joint pain, we will have breaking bones Sunday morning, seven thirty. Okay, and, miss and that, uh, we're go not gonna rec non recorded this time since yeah. we, we lost. Yeah, because we had our streak going uh until this past yeah. Saturday. You guys and your superstitions. Yeah, until this past Saturday. Joe uh, must right. have did something wrong. I don't know what he did. But. Where, where can they find uh, Breaking Bones? Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. And on the gram for you? Doctors at George Bari. We love it. We love it. We love it. All right, Gio, we'll talk to you later on.
we head into the 2 o'clock hour. Back to your Jags. We also have our high school half hour. There are a lot of new high school football coaches that were hired. Step Durham's one of them. We're going to say a little to him. Coming up in the 2 o'clock hour. This is XL Primetime. Brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Two o'clock hours here. It's XL Primetime hanging out on a Wednesday. Thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton. You want a great place to go? Well, you can go to the tips. You can go up front. All sets of tees based on your skill level in an inviting golf course. I love it. It's the home of the nine after five, which is not that far away. We'll be cranking that bad boy back up. But we have got uh, an invitation for you anytime to head on out there. 287 play and also check out that back patio on Friday night. Uh, with Chef Gary kicking out a special menu and always under the lights, music and entertainment uh, for your Friday night. So definitely check it out at the Golf Club of Southampton. Now, we've been talking about uh, all sorts of NFL topics, your Jaguar topics, and we're going to get back to the Jags real quick, but I got to bring this up. Uh, let Josh Heupel, $9 million a year? $9 million a year? He has had a profound impact in a short amount of time, but whoa, Matt Hayes. Only one million more than Nico Emilieva, who's never taken a snap. At yeah, that's a good How about point. That, huh? that's a good, so they got him on a bargain. They got him on a bargain on the cheap. Uh, I, I, I Again, applaud him. People out there still believe that stuff. You know, I know. You're in La La Land with these guys. But I applaud him for uh, quickly getting Tennessee back in the conversation. Did they get rolled by Georgia? Yeah, they did. Uh, did they get. A little embarrassed when I least expected it against South Carolina. Yeah, they did. But $9 million, they believe in him big time. Up I there. think they got rolled more by South Carolina than Georgia. I mean, Georgia was 11-point loss. Yeah, Hendo didn't get hurt until the, what, late third, early fourth. Yeah, so, yeah, he was, was in that uh, game. Somewhere around there. Yeah. They uh, weren't really in it. I mean, it was clearly a easy, rather easy win for Georgia. But it certainly wasn't 66-7 to or whatever that game was. Right. In the national championship game. Um, you know, it, I think what he's done there, considering the mess that he walked into, mm-hmm. they lost 30 guys, 32 guys, I think is what it was. He walks in there and 32 guys go. Yeah. And not just, like, guys on the roster, all right? Not just guys that you can – it's okay, they're, they're, they're just guys. I'm talking right. Toa Toa, like elite guys that go to other places and start for Oklahoma, start for Alabama. He lost significant players. And two years later, look at him. Yeah. Two years later, they're deep into November with a chance to go into the playoff, for God's sakes. Just amazing what he did with Hooker, what he did with Jalen Hyatt, what he did with Cedric Tillman, what he did with Jabari Small. These are all guys that were nothing until he got a hold of them. That offense is terrific. I think the way he develops that the, the system and the way they press defenses is terrific. Why not, man? That's uh, All they need now is some, is some impact guys on defense. They need a, they need a really good rush end in a really good corner, and they're going to be tough to beat. But you believe Joe Milton is the starter Oh, yeah, next year. 100% I think Joe Milton's starter. I'm, I'm so lukewarm. Huh? Yeah, I so am I. Dude, I'm I telling mean, you right now, he's it's beyond just the fact that he played well in the Orange Bowl. He, the players there love him, mm-hmm. love him. Mm-hmm. And if Ima Lieva comes in there and he's, like, given the, given the job, that's going to be really bad for that locker room, really bad. Well, it mm-hmm. kind of reminds me, I mean, to an extent, which hindsight is twenty twenty. How many people were lukewarm on Joe Burrow going into 2019 after his 2018 season? Granted, you know, Joe Milton would have how many years of eligibility? This is his last one. This is his last one. Right. So he's only going to have the one ride. Joe Burrow, we saw him in 2018, middle of the road, 
and then obviously comes back and has an elite year, and a lot of that had to deal with what was around him, but also as we're now seeing in the National Football League, it also had to do with who Joe Burrow was, not even so much that he had Joe Brady and Coach O assembling the monsters around him. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, it was Joe, it was a combination of things. It was Joe Brady. It was a guy named Chase. It was a guy named Jefferson. You know, it, right. It was, well, so will Joe Milton have that? Is my question. Well, I mean, they've got some pretty good receivers. They don't got the level that they had last year, but he's also got a couple of really good freshmen coming in. Mm-hmm. Look, it, it's. I think he's going to play really well. Uh, honestly, I don't think uh, Yama Lievea. Yama Lievea. Yeah, sure. Pronounce it. Sure. Yama Lievea, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get it. I'll get it, and then you guys are going to have to get it after I get it. Um, I, I don't think he's going to go. I'll just call him Uwe I, I, just, I just don't. Right. I just don't think he's going to go in there. I mean, I've seen, I've seen tape of him in high school. He's impressive, man. He's going to be really good. But I don't think he's going in there and just taking that job because you're dealing with dynamics in the locker room at that point and, and young kids. And Milton is not only a good player. Like you've got that entire locker room that looks at him. He was yeah, a big. He uh, was a big leader even when Hooker was there. Mm-hmm. So I just don't know that you can take him out. I'll give him credit for looking better than the last time I saw him in that game. Against oh, he looked Clemson. completely he, he, different. He looked a lot better. He wasn't trying to throw the football through a, a, brick a pretty wall. good defense too, by the way. And and so there's definitely some more pluses. The son-in-law, you know, he's all gushing about him and everything like that because he's a volunteer fan. And I'm like. Uh, okay, I see a little bit more than than uh, less raw, more kind of polished this go around. But I still got to see it over time in big ball games. It's not like that wasn't a big ball game, but you know what I'm saying. When you go into the season as the right. the guy, I just want to see how he handles that. Wait, hang on, you ready? Mm-hmm. Lieva. Diama. No, Iyama Lieva. Iyama Lieva. Iyama Lieva. Iyama Lieva. Iyama Lieva. I'll never forget it. Oh, my God. Iyama Lieva. Yeah, for a second, I'll never forget it. Iyama Lieva. He just got it. Iyama Lieva. It took me a second, but yes. He'll never get it. Yeah. I got it. It's Ui Ungalale. Right. I got it. I thought he played, honestly, Clemson, a very good front seven. Pretty good in the back end. I thought he played really well. I really did. I mean, he's... I think he's learned to, to he's learned the idea that not everything's got to be a fastball, mm-hmm. and, he, and he'll learn more. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to be again. This is he's now got, and this is critical. Nine months of being the guy. He's got fifteen spring practices of being taking all first team reps. He's the guy. Yeah. He then has four, three or four uh, and a half months in the off season of being the guy. Okay, the only okay. Thing- then he's got thirty days, thirty practices in the fall camp of being. The guy and working with the ones, yeah. he's he will get a lot better before next season begins. I, I was going to say the the only answer I have to that is Anthony Richardson had that whole summer and had all that, but then I just quickly reminded myself that was Billy coaching Anthony Richardson, right. whereas Josh Heupel <laughs> is coaching Joel Milton. Uh, and and you know on that note, Billy Napier's got to prove something to people that he can bring a quarterback and an offense along and have it SEC worthy for Saturdays, ready to score. I mean, let's start with and, beating Vanderbilt and then yeah, it, well, Believe me, up, okay? uh, believe, uh, you know where I'm at with Billy Napier. I am. I just mentioned lukewarm for, for Joe Milton. Uh, it's day-old coffee right now for, for Billy Napier as far as – Vanderbilt, then the program. He hasn't right. even beaten the program. you got to remember that too. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why – I'm not going to lie. I mean, obviously adding Keonta Goodwin is like a huge coup, former five-star offensive lineman from the program, from the great state of Kentucky – 
But How about that, JoJo? The program mm-hmm. doesn't even want him. Right. Oh, yeah. If the program yeah. doesn't want you. program doesn't need him. It's not they don't want him. They probably wanted him. They don't need him. Well, so And that's where my question is. That's where my question I have, is. I will not defend what's going I, I on do, in Gainesville. I, I do want to say this on the record because I know Matt can at least add some context. Like In our multimedia 1010 department group chat, it was brought to my attention, you know, like someone sent, like, hey, Goodwin's going to, you know, go to Florida. And I looked at Tidal and I was like, former five-star, cool. But in reality, like all these transfers that Florida's getting, how much of a difference are they actually making? Well, well, I'll tell you. Uh, there have been is, other five-stars that have arrived that didn't make a difference. Right. right. But, but, there, but this is what Matt Rule's doing in Nebraska right now. He's getting all these wayward blue chips, four- and five-star guys, that for whatever reason – didn't materialize at the, pre- the previous place where they were, like Eric Gilbert at Georgia, like MJ Sherman at Georgia. He's getting these guys, and his thought process is, I'll reach that kid, which is not unlike, oh yeah, not unlike the NFL guys who say, I'll pick him, Anthony Richardson at nine because I can reach him. Yeah. So that's the thought process is I can reach this kid. Billy Neighbor, same thing with Keonta Goodwin. Yeah, we can get him to lose 40, 50 pounds. We'll get him to play at his elite level. Yeah, so it happens all the time. All the time. That's, I mean, Corey Collier was a five-star safety at Florida. Yep. Couldn't get on the field. Mm-hmm. Now he's in Nebraska. I guarantee he's starting for Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he'll play well, and you guys are going to go, How, what happened? How did he not play? Because some guys, they get there, and they think, okay, I'm a five-star. I can do whatever I want. Right. Then they realize they have to work. Then they get upset about something, one thing or another. Then all of a sudden, they're in the portal, and now they're like, oh, my God, I got to straighten out. Sure. And they go to Nebraska or wherever, and they start playing better. Yeah, they get that wake-up call, but let's also say Nebraska doesn't have a whole hell of a lot going on either right no, now. No, So they, they got to prove that yeah. now they, they got the new energy uh, from Rule coming in there to find out whether or not they can get but it. But if you were looking at his transfer portal class compared to Florida's transfer portal yeah. class, you'd be a little jealous. Oh, yeah. Well, look. I Look I, at Florida State's transfer portal yeah. class. They're look at, at that top. school up the road. They're at the top of the transfer portal rankings. Florida State's done a killer job uh, with it. They really, really have. And so, yeah, there's a lot that, that Billy's got to do to win some people over. That's for sure. All right, high school half hour. Uh, we mentioned some of the high school recruits here that are headed to Gainesville, to Tallahassee, and to other parts. So we'll talk a little bit uh, with Justin Barney coming up about 15, 20 minutes. But let's say hello to Steph Durham taking over Atlantic Coast. We're going to talk to a handful of these high school coaches that are now taking over programs heading into 2023. The High School Half Hour, brought to you by I-9 Sports, the way youth sports should be. Log on I-9sports.com. I-9 Sports, they got it going on. You coming into new seasons, and they have got sports year-round. So it really doesn't matter what season you are in. You want something for your young son or daughter to do, you need to check out I-9sports.com. It's the way youth sports should be, and they will make sure that they will take care of you. Log on i9sports.com and check out all that they have to offer. Now let's say hello to a man who's got a lot to offer with a new gig. Now, another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line, brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. We say hey, and we say congratulations to Step Durham, who has now taken over Atlantic Coast, the new Stingrays head man. Welcome in, Step. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? We're doing good, man. Uh, tell us how this all happened because, you know, we wanted – I was a Montemayor fan. Uh, I go back, uh, of course, with, with Sully, Kevin Sullivan, and, and Atlantic Coast has certainly got a lot of potential. How did it come that you were able to get back in line and take that gig? Uh, I'm pretty familiar with the AD and the, the people over there. So, uh, we had a conversation after this season that went very well. So, um, we were able 
motivated to uh, move forward and do some big things in Jacksonville. Former NFL corner, Georgia Tech alum, Steph Durham, now the head coach at Atlanta Coast High School, joining us on the Fair and Farrah phone line. Steph, what did you know about the program that Coach Sullivan, Coach Montemayor had built, and who you had coming back before you applied for and ultimately got this job at AC? Um, well, as far as the program that those those two guys were in, our very professional programs also dated back to Coach Sullivan, um, his resume speaks for itself, getting guys ready for college and um, just able to take that transition to adulthood. Uh, big thing. Uh-oh, your phone might have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, they have lengthy, uh, a, li- a, a length of names that they have put, put some guys in the school. So um, trying to follow up behind that and, you know, Fill, fill, the, fill the shoes of some great coaches. Hey, Steph, was it difficult for you to leave after one year at Wolfson? I mean, you did some heavy lifting there, obviously. You all finished 5-5. Five and five. Was it difficult to leave something you had start to build? Uh, yes, absolutely. It was de- definitely uh, difficult um, with the guys. You know, that that's the biggest thing. You build these relationships with guys. and uh, Unfortunately, you have to leave. Uh, at the end of the day, you got to do, do what's best for you, you know, when you pray and talk to your family and then yeah, it was just a great opportunity that I couldn't turn down. Um, but definitely um, helping some of these guys get into school and showing them the importance of education, but also being to play on a high level that you can make it to college if you believe in yourself. Yeah, and you're a success, a success story. There's no question. You come from these roots right here in Duval. You were at Atlantic Coast. I go back and I look at some of the accolades that you earned uh, as a very good player. So I, I would think they're going to look to you with experience as having done it and taken taken the tough road to get to where you are. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I I've been over there to talk to the kids and just the feedback that we're getting from the kids. The kids are awesome. Um, you know, um, going into a different coaching regime. You know, they they have some habits that that we have to um, instill in so that you know we can um, we can have better success at the end of the day. Atlanta Coast head coach Steph Durham joining us on the Farrah and Farrah phone line as part of our I-9 high school sports half hour. Steph, I think the headliner for you guys obviously is K-Hard's son, Camden Hardy. Uh, He's picking up offers from all over the place. So kind of walk us through his recruitment, but also some of the other guys that Atlanta Coast fans can look to take a big step here in 2023. Oh, yeah. It's uh, kind of a familiar story. Um, me being a four-star guy, him being a three-star, he's getting all these schools in. We had close to already 20 to 30 schools, you know, go and, uh, come and visit. Um, just a reminder that I did it not too long ago, and once you get that one guy, it helps out the team. It helps out the team in different ways. You get these schools to come out, and then you get other guys noticed as well, I mean, in which all, most of the elite programs in the city do. So that's what we're trying to establish, uh, definitely having a – a great kid and a great player will help out the program in the end and also, you know, just set up an element of where kids can look up to where they want to be at. So, Steph, when you walk into a job like last year at Wilson and now this year at, at Atlantic, what's the first thing you see and then the first thing you realize, okay, we've got to do this here before anything even starts? Always when you go into a program, I mean, it's, it's – this this process isn't new for me. I just did it last year. You just you have to go in and 
figure out why. You have to figure out the why. Uh, why Why did the season go the way it did last year? Uh, what's going on and how can we fix it? You have to diagnose the problem before you move forward. So that that's the steps we're taking right now. And, I mean, we, we got amazing feedback from the coaches in the school. So that, that, that alone makes us excited for this next upcoming season. All right, so before we turn you loose, Steph, you're a Kansas City Chief, too. Uh, what was going through your head uh, Saturday afternoon? Uh, the hometown team, Duval, trying to get to the AFC Championship game uh, against the club that you play, that you played for. You know what? A hometown, hometown team. Now I watch games from um, – I watch games in a, a coach's mindset. I just love seeing great football. Um, you know, with Patrick being able to overcome and also seeing Trevor um, trying to put his name on the elite sheet. Um, you know, I, I was I was grateful to be watching a great game, and that's all you can ask for. Um, you you want to see guys do do great. I mean, me playing with uh, Patrick and all those guys, you wish them the best, and me being a, a long-time fan of the Jacksonville Jaguars, definitely want the best for the city, you know. That, 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 that highlights us in a major way. Uh, describe just a, a quick one if you can, because you played secondary cornerback for Kansas City. How good is Pat Mahomes? Oh, he's he's great, and his first year, his first year starting was my first year. Just seeing that guy and the way that the coaches talked him up, and then actually seeing this guy throw no look passes and the stuff you see on Sundays happen in practice normally. So, <laughs> you, you know, it's a testament to his greatness. And once you get around people like that, that that helps simplify the game for you. Um, being around a great coaching staff and what they they have done. Um, me just being all ears and taking in what what they had to um, what they had to offer and soaking it all in, I think that's definitely going to help me uh, in the years to come for my coaching career. Yeah, Steph, that was I was going to say. Let's end with that. What did you learn from Andy Reid and his staff when you were a player that you try to implement now as a coach here in the high school ranks in Jacksonville? So. With, with Kansas City, they practiced everything. It was a small detail. If you can see how, how they run their offense, it's every little detail. That's why no matter who they have, especially with Tyreek Hill, they were amazing. But no matter who they have, they're able to be successful is because everybody on offense has the small details. And also on defense, guys are, guys are making plays and doing the things that they need to do, playing together. And I think once you have a, a franchise and Patrick Mahomes, you always have a you always have a chip on your shoulder because you know you have a chance in any game. So why not all of us fight through it all? You know, and you have a coach that has done it for a long time. Much respect to those guys. Well, Step, best of luck, man. We know that uh, we'll keep up with you and have you back on. No Stingray fans are fired up. Uh, he goes from the MVP back in 2014 to the HC in 2023. Good luck, dude. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on. All right. So Atlantic Coast grown and Atlantic Coast uh, is in him right now. And so he – there's a bunch of them. There's about seven, eight jobs that came open and most have all been filled. Because we're going to say a little Justin Barney at least kind of let him fill out the last handful of spots. I like as, that plan. Yeah, as far as what's coming up. But there's also a signing day coming up. So there's at least a couple more decisions that have to be, have to be made. So we'll say hello to Justin Barney coming up. Our I-9 Sports High School half hour rolls on. 
The High School Half Hour, brought to you by I-9 Sports, the way youth sports should be. Log on I-9sports.com. You got flag football, basketball, soccer, t-ball, season's always changing. Duval, St. John's, and Clay. Don't forget you can play year-round, fall, winter, spring, summer sessions, always going on, co-ed, ages 3 to 17. Don't forget when you log on I-9sports.com, put promo code 1010XL, and you'll get a discount on your registration. And let's say hello to Jay Barn. No. Another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line, brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. We were all so excited to talk to you, Justin Barney, of Channel 4 News for Jax, that uh, we all looked at each other and we're like, all right, who wants to bring him on? Say hey to Justin. (laughs) So excited to talk about uh, the crazy offseason here in Northeast Florida with regards to the high school football season and, of course, basketball and so much more going on as we speak. Jay Barn, uh, we just had Steph Durham on, obviously the new head coach at Atlantic Coast, going back to his alma mater. Give us your insight on his hiring, why that is a home run hire for the Stingrays, as well as some of the other openings and hirings around our area. Yeah, it's been a, an active offseason for, for our coaches. About a dozen positions in the area are either open or have been filled. So it's been a, a pretty uh, pretty active cycle for that. And I think Step Durham going from Wolfson to Atlantic Coast is a, is a great hire for Atlantic Coast. Uh, those have been uh, in the area for a while. Step is a guy who cut his teeth at Atlantic Coast. He was probably the biggest recruit out of Atlantic Coast in program history until Pat Bryant came along. Step Durham was a Super 11 guy when he was at Atlantic Coast, the first Super 11 guy in the Stingrays program. So uh, he is a guy that knows that program well. And to this day, he and Pat Bryant, who signed with Illinois, are the two biggest guys to ever come out of Atlantic Coast. So he did very, very good things at Wolfson, including a win over Inglewood in the regular season finale, and they got drummed in that game a year earlier. So just to see the progress that he made in that Wolfson program in one season uh, was remarkable. Wolfson finished 5-5 five and five after struggling the year before he arrived, and that was his first head coaching position. So to step up from Wolfson, where it's a, it's a magnet school program, and um, you, you know you're not going to be as competitive as an Atlantic Coast type of program, a big jump up for him in competition and uh, in scheduling and everything else. And the Stingrays trying to come back from a uh, an zero and ten season, uh, so it'll be a big challenge for him. But he is absolutely the right guy for that position, and I know he's going to do a great job over there. JB, is he the youngest coach in the youngest high school coach in the area right now? Uh, he probably have to be in that uh, in that mix. I mean, he's the guy that's a fresh college graduate. Uh, played at Georgia Tech and uh, and did some good things uh, as a player with the Yellow Jackets. So uh, interesting thing. I mean, he's not he's not uh, an old school guy. I mean, he's the guy that a lot of the uh, the current players can probably relate to. Um, again, I it just it feels so weird to, for a guy that I covered in high school for all those years. Right, I'm yeah. a Super Eleven guy. Now he's coaching. Do so you, uh, Joe, Steve, Matt, we're getting uh, we're getting old. <laughs> Come on, don't even go there, man. Don't even go. There. Don't do, say you, that. do you see? I mean, is it possible that? Some ads in the counties start to now take chances on younger guys. Is that possible? I think I think so. you know I think a step up, for instance. I mean, uh, again, Wolfson was his first head coaching job, and you see the remarkable turnaround of Wolfson in just one short year. Um, again, I, I look at that Inglewood game as a massive uh, indication of how far Wolfson had come uh, to beat their biggest rival in that uh, in that finale. It was a great thing to get him to five and five too. So. I think um, I think we can when you can hire a young guy, especially a guy like Steph, who relates to Atlantic Coast. He's kind of been Mister Atlantic Coast. He was that guy. You know, Atlantic Coast is not a program that's that old. I think uh, 2010, 2009 was the first year uh, that it was there. So 
Um, when you can have a guy that, again, cut his teeth at that program, he was one of the success stories coming out of Atlantic Coast uh, during the early years of that program, and to bring him back in a coaching role. Again, he's a guy who, uh, who whose name is etched up in the gym and in the locker room from his time there, so he relates to coaches, uh, relates to the players. And, again, I think if you can hire a young coach or a coach who who knows and identifies with that area, like a, an Aaron Ram Pinkney at Rebolt, um, which uh, the Trojans hired last year. And he really related well to that community, to the players uh, in the Rebolt Middle School program. They knew him. Uh, so, again, I think if you could hire a younger coach who can relate to those players or a guy like a Ram Pinkney uh, who knows that uh, that area, that community really well, that's a, that's a home run hire. And the other thing I love is former players, despite, you know, what, you know no matter the age, that they get to come back and have an effect and an impact on these kids. We're talking with Justin Barney. You can find him at Justin Barney TV on social media and then head to newsforjacks.com slash sports for all things uh, sports locally. And, and Jay Barn, if you think about O.J. Small, Seatric Faze, and uh, all the guys, Brian Allen back in the day, Demetric Jackson uh, up at Lake City, I wanted to bring him up now. Right, a lot right. of these guys have been able to do this, which is cool. What about Demetric and what about Lake City? Yeah, really. And even you look at a guy like a Brandon James who's yeah. at San Augustine, Marquise Merrill, not head coaches yet, but they're in that system and they're on that trajectory to be those head coaches. And, you know, Brandon, Marquise, those guys a little bit younger. Demetrius Jackson played at uh, played at Columbia, uh, went to Florida, had success there and ended up coming back to the high school ranks. Uh, coached at Fort White, was the head coach there, was actually the town's mayor, too, at the same time. Crazy. You can believe it. So talking about a, a dual role there and then ended up at Columbia after Brian left. I uh, spent two seasons there and you know, talking to Demetric after he announced his re- resignation a couple weeks ago at his alma mater. He was happy with what, um, with what the Tigers did, state semifinals at his alma mater, kind of restored the pride out there and got things back running again. And I think he just kind of wants a reset and uh, wants a new challenge and, and that at this point, doesn't involve football. So, again, when, when you're talking money and stuff, and we've talked about this before on the show as well, just these guys do not make anything uh, from a paycheck. And the, the, the responsibilities and what you're asked to do and really what you're expected to do, you know, really not getting paid during during months where you're having to be there when summer workroom, summer uh, workouts are going on and stuff like that. I think that these coaches now are, are – younger and they're wiser and they see the constraints on their time so I do think you're going to see things like Demetri Jackson even in a great position which he was in at his alma mater with a good team with chances to do uh, great things next year making that decision to step away and look for different opportunities where it's you know where it's not so demanding and not so challenging you can get the, you can get paid what you're worth so I think that's going to be an issue that continues to uh, to cycle through in that coaching uh, coaching coaching role Justin is it a county thing or a state thing that they can't get paid during during the offseason and why can't why won't it end up being sometimes a county decision like why can't the yes. county decide if these guys can yes. get paid 67 different counties in the state of florida 64 of those uh pay supplements to their head coaches so you know if there was a one-size-fits-all at a, at a state level i think that would be different but right now you're talking 60 basically 64 different counties out of 67 in the state pay supplements to coaches and uh, there's other three that don't pay them as an administrative role. So there's just not that much money with budgets and everything like that. It's, it's something that's going to continue to um, to be an issue for years and years to come. I mean, again, in some counties where, you know, you've given raise, I know Clay County, which is the highest paying supplement on our area, just gave the first coaching raise after uh, quite some time, and I believe it was something like $13. So it's not a – it's not uh, – it's not that big of, of uh, an issue for a lot of these 
uh, unions and stuff that negotiate. And uh, you would like to see these men and women get paid what they're worth. And uh, sadly, that's just not the, not the case in the state of Florida. That's why we appreciate what our high school coaches do across all sports right here in the First Coast. Jay Barn, uh, joining us on the Fair and Fair phone line for a couple more. I see on our text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, um, one of our texters wanted to clarify Wes Nassau's situation as their head coaching position is still open with Ricky Armstrong stepping aside. Where are there still some openings? Where else do we have new faces and new places? Yeah, some, uh, so a lot of coaches. You know, we've covered some of these before on the show. Mm-hmm. Christopher Foy going over to uh, from Jackson to Oakleaf. That's a, there's an interim position at Jackson Open. You know, Keystone Heights has uh, has filled this job. Chuck Dickinson uh, is out. Steve Reynolds is in. Menendez has gotten Ben White in there to take over for Matt Potak. Uh, West Nassau, Ricky Armstrong, West Nassau graduate. Uh, he stepped down after the season. Um, so there's a vacancy there as well as Wolfson. Christchurch and obviously Columbia, we talked about there as well. The big changes have been at Bartram Trail. Obviously, Daryl Sutherland stepping down. Corey Johns is in Fleming Island. Damian Springs resigned, and Chad Parker, former Bartram assistant, is in. So a lot of uh, a lot of coaching changes uh, in this off season. So big names. I mean, when you're talking guys like Daryl Sutherland and Chuck Dickinson, um, guys that have had you know two decades of, of coaching, more than two decades of coaching. That's a big, big offseason. Justin, real quick, I want to ask you about the Oakleaf situation because I've had conversations with people in that school district and at that school in the front office, and I said to them, the way they played that card was brilliant. The fact that they said, all right, our athletic director becomes our interim football coach for the year, and we will use that year to look around, see what potential coaches may be out there and who we may want to sell on coming to the Knights program. And obviously they hit a home run with Coach Foy. And so I'm just curious, do you think we'll see more programs doing that, especially knowing it's almost February and we still have vacancies at the head coaching helms across our area? Yeah, I think with with Oakley, that situation with Frank Garris leaving and and going into that uh, private sector of work happened so late in the process. And you want to get a guy in there at the time who, um, you know, was a seamless transition. And Marcus Miller, at Oakleaf, happened to be the athletic director. He's worn so many hats in his career. Um, he probably got uh, got quite a few more. I mean, softball, baseball, everything he's done in his career. So it was a natural fit for him to kind of step in and, and ease that when you can do a proper coaching search in the off season, as opposed to you know in the summer months when when things are set, staffs are set, and it worked out perfectly. Where Marcus was in there and he was able to kind of keep the program stable and you keep your coaching staff intact and your players. Uh, on the roster, and then it just so happened that Christopher Foy, um, at the time of, of you know Oakleaf looking for a job, Christopher said, "Hey, I want to I want to take a, a look and make a move from Jackson." You know, Christopher uh, Coach Foy lives in uh, lives in that area, so it was a great move for him. And you know, for for Oakleaf to get a coach like Christopher Foy, I talked to Josh Corey, former Fletcher coach at the mm-hmm. Jaguars Titans game, and he said people don't understand what Christopher Foy means to a program. He worked for for Josh Corey at Fletcher. He said kids would run through a brick wall for Coach Foy, and that's what he brings to a program, and he is going to get Oakleaf on the up and up very quickly just because the type of person he is, the type of coach he is, kids will do anything for you, for him. And you talk to Grayson Howard now at, at South Carolina, and he is the the, uh, the guy who sings Coach Foy's tunes and say this is why that, uh, that turnaround happened at Jackson is because of Coach Foy and that staff he brought in. So I think you're going to see that uh, added Oakleaf too. And yeah, the timing worked out perfectly for Oakleaf. And I think they got one of the best coaches on the market in this offseason. I mean, I'll say this, Jay Barn. I mean, I have friends that are my age that played for Coach Foy when they were in middle school 
and they still would run through a brick wall. They, they love him. They love man. him. Hey, listen, uh, we got a bust, but next week we'll zero in on those remaining recruits that are still out there and then maybe sum up this class with National Signing Day. Big one next week, and uh, it's kind of filling those holes in those next weeks. A lot of good guys on the market. Orrell Great, Cereal Riles, of course, Marcus Stokes. I think we're going to have a busy National Signing Day next Wednesday. It'll be fun. Thank you, Justin. We appreciate it. Take, take care, guys. Thanks. All right, yeah. Justin Barney. I-9 High School Sports Half Hour. Don't forget I-9Sports.com all over Duval, St. John's, and Clay. Yeah, the Joker, Marcus mm-hmm. Stokes, formerly, oh, yeah. of, uh, form- formerly committed to the University of Florida, yep. got picked up an HBCU Albany State offer yesterday, and apparently he's visiting West Florida this weekend. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL talking with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Francie Show on the road, Island Wings, over there in the SJC in the Durban area. Lauren Brooks joins us now. Uh, the, the, say it, just go ahead and say it. Coconut shrimp. Yes, just go ahead. Coconut shrimp. I'm ordering it as we speak. Yeah, exactly. I just wanted to make sure that that was out there. That's how I just put my order in. All I had to say was coconut shrimp. And then they know. (laughs) Put it in. All right, so you all are set up on the patio ready to rock and roll, right? Yes, it's a it's a windy day here, uh, but I guess that means that we know the rain's coming at some point in time. But yeah, it's uh, it's lovely here as always here at Bartram Park, and the patios are ready, the fire pits are ready, and uh, the new location in Tamaya. We were just talking to the owner Shane about that, so that's going to be on its way here shortly. And so yeah, lots of fun stuff here at Island Wings. There are new names. Where is that area, Tamaya? Where is that at? Tamaya. So that is Beach Boulevard, oh, yeah, right okay. near oh, Jack's Golf yeah, yeah. and Country yeah. Club. Love yep. That. There's a there's a neighborhood called Tamaya, and it's right across I the street from it. Jack's Golf. Yeah. yeah I just yes. Yeah, so I'm not sure yeah. why the area now gets to be known as Tamaya when Jack's Golf has been there for a lot right. longer, but I guess that's just the way things go. Yeah. We're gonna since that's home game. For Matt Hayes, we may have to have a word with our good friends at Island Wings. Yeah, uh, yeah. See about XL Primetime getting in on some of the fun <laughs> so we get Matty Hayes a home game. Still a little bit of a trip, but, yeah, it's also yeah. Geo's place. I mean, yes. And th- when you talk to beach people, if you have to go over the ditch, then that yeah, is still exactly. technically a trip. Yeah, That's is, a trip in is, town. It is true. All right, so what's coming up? We're going to talk about Anthony Richardson. We're going to talk mock draft season. And uh, also, what new players would you want on this Jacksonville Jaguars team? Yeah, that sounds good because there's a wish list that's growing right now for sure. That's right. Keep, keep the ones that you really want and then go get some more. That's for sure. All right, Lauren, thanks. We'll be listening. All right, thanks, y'all. You know, you start looking at, at the free agent list, and there's a, there's a lot of wants that this team can have. But if you go back over this last year and between the rookie class and the newbies, over a dozen starters. Think about that. Right. And that's the hope is that then they become the nucleus and they become the foundation yeah. and not just a revolving door. Um, I know we touched on it in the top of the hour, or top of the show, I should say, back in the 12 o'clock hour. But I do want to circle back um, because in addition to the AP naming its coach of the year finalists, of which the final three are Doug Peterson, Brian Dayball and Brian or Kyle Shanahan, excuse mm-hmm. me. Uh, same three guys, as well as Nick Sirianni and Sean McDermott are the five finalists for NFL honors as coach mm-hmm. of the year as well. Yeah, you can definitely come up with a, a good argument for what Sirianni has done. And like we said, Jalen Hurts about this time last year, he had basically fallen flat on his, his football face yeah. uh, against Tampa Bay. And, and he has had the resurrection of all uh, in the football world. That's for sure. All right. We are out tomorrow. Mr. Tattoo, right there on Bay Meadows as you get to San Jose, right on the right-hand side if you're heading straight into San Jose. Uh, Mr. Tattoo, we will have Leon set up. We'll, we'll be videoing and all that kind of stuff. It's not like a huge place where you can pour in there and check it out, but 
you want to drop by and say, hey, we'd love to see you. And then the Deweys on Friday. We look forward to all that. Thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton. You can always have a good time out there. 287 Play. Make sure you get in touch with them if you're thinking about a foursome, membership, opportunities, anything when it comes to the game of golf. The Golf Club of Southampton. Joe C., Emil Bremi, O'Brien, Matty Hayes. Check out his stuff at SaturdayDownSouth.com. And Leon with a tattoo tomorrow.